2: This is the In This League Fantasy Podcast Network. In This League Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Online at InThisLeague.com. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Interact and follow the show on Twitter at InThisLeaguePod. Now, here's your hosts, Bogman and the Welsh.
1: And welcome in to the In this League Fantasy Baseball Podcast, episode 85. If it was football, it would be the Ocho Cinco episode, 85 episodes <laughs> of fantasy baseball goodness with my partner over there, Scott Bogman, and you can find us on Twitter, At, is it the Welsh and at Bogman Sports. And this episode, like all the episodes this season, because these guys are so damn awesome. The best. That we hope you guys, as ITL listeners who support us, will also support them. This episode is brought to you by No Halftime and NoHalftime.com. You're staring at your weekly fantasy opponent and you want to challenge him, but your team has been sucking some so what do you do? Well, you pick the player that that guy doesn't think is going to be successful, like Aled Diaz. Lord Aled Diaz. Lord Diaz. First of his name. Of House Tarhidalot, King of the new and old baseball
2: gods. Protector of fields. Smacker of hits. The one. True. Shortstop
1: who nobody believes in, you could challenge him pretty much versus everybody and anyone will take your challenge. And if you knock that out of the park, you are going to bring home some cold, hard cash. Oh, I I like money. And all you got to do is go to nohalftime.com. You can download the app for your iPhone or your Android device, whatever you happen to use. You can pick that match up Little swipe here, left, swipe right. You can accept or decline challenges. It's that easy. There's free. There's money challenges. They've even got a whole grouping where you can have some of your buddies in, and you can find them easy, and you can track what's going on. They do baseball, football, basketball, all the sports. Join today by using promo code ITL. When you do, they're going to hook you up with 10 free bucks, and when you make your first deposit, you can get a uh, no halftime T-shirt, which Bogman and I both own. And they are very, very awesome. That promo code ITL. Make sure to use it when you download it at nohalftime.com. Get it on your device today. Go play, make some challenges, win some money. Because no halftime is where the fantasy sports season never takes a break, and that's the damn truth.
0: That is the truth. They're year-round. I mean, you got some cash in there. You play baseball now. We got football coming around. And when basketball comes around, you can play basketball. And guess what? You can hear all those right here on ITL, friends. And it's official Baby Watch. It is Baby (laughs) Watch 2016. And a watch.
1: Baby's still not here.
0: Struggling. Still not here, and uh, on the miserable scale, like, are you at orange, or are we, like, on the orange-red borderline? Like, how's that going?
2: The mood is tense. I have been on some serious, serious reports, but nothing quite like
0: this. I tried to get an interview with him, but they said, nope, you can't do that. He will literally rip your face off.
1: So, like... (laughs) (laughs) If if months were equated to, like, playing cards that the U.S. used for uh, terrorists, you know, so it was like, what was, like, Osama bin Laden was, like, an ace or something like that, we're at, like, queen of spade level problem right now like this baby needs to come out we're not over we're not a friday july 1st is the technical due date but um patience is not a virtue that the welsh household works with very well and uh, that's what we're dealing with right now so i'm doing okay get out
0: of here you don't want no part of this sh-
1: sipping a itl favourite, some woodford reserve uh, as we speak right here here hold on listen <clears throat> oh it's sharp it's sharp went down the wrong hole um phrasing Weird hole, but no, that's keeping me through it, and uh, someday a, uh, another baby will be out. And it's a great way to stay in shape.
0: Yeah. I'm back on the water, you know, just to stay alive in the desert because You, it's, you can uh, mix it.
1: Yeah, no, warm I know. <clears throat> Ooh, Woodford. Well, you Make know, sure. I
0: saved you some of that. You got that whiskey that uh, Cornell sent us, right? Nope. Oh, oh! you didn't get any? I sent you some. You didn't
1: get it? No. Oh, did you send it to me? Really?
0: Yeah, I sent nope. it to you. You didn't get it? That's nope, weird. Nope,
1: nope. It's a shocker that uh, Cornell oh, sent something to Bogman now, so. and it didn't come to me. Oh, wow.
0: Man. Yeah. Oh. I don't know. So well, that'll that. work
1: out someday if I find uh, Arbar Todd's bottle of Knob. Uh, that will work out uh, perfectly <laughs> then.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure that's gone too. You sent that one to me too, right?
1: Yeah, it's on its way. Be yeah, on the lookout yeah, okay. for it. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, well,
0: I, the, Our whiskeys are probably just crossing <laughs> streams right now.
1: Yeah, exactly. So. Well, we, we always want to cross streams. Uh, whenever we can with whiskey or sports or whatever it is but baby watch 2016 it will end at some point the baby will be here and uh i will have no sleep so just be prepared for that we may have uh, you know i can be loopy (laughs) uh, enough as it is but we will have some real loopiness hey welcome to episode four
0: is it four whatever it is
1: 37 yeah yeah We'll, we'll see that'll be interesting But we got a couple things to tell you guys about today on the episode. First and foremost, obviously, we have Justin Mason from Fangraphs and Friends of Fantasy Benefits. Our good buddy Justin is going to be joining us. We'll be uh, talking a bunch of fantasy baseball stuff with him. And one of the things to be on the lookout for, which he joined us on, which we are recording this before it happens, so we can't give you like a retrospective of what happened, but you can go and listen and you can find out and uh, we'll have some updates. But Bogman and myself and Justin and a few others are actually going to be joining on Monday. So again, you when you were listening to this this has just happened so you can once you're done you can go and listen to this but uh dear mr fantasy our good buddy chris mcbryan is leaving dear mr fantasy and that's pretty much a shock don't you put you know, the Twitter world was um, taken aback a little bit. And, uh, you know, Chris just, you know, life happens. We know how that goes. But uh, Chris is uh, kind of stepping away and we're leaving the reins back over to uh, Joe and uh, a few other people. And they're making all those announcements. So you you can go and you can listen and find out. But just want to give well wishes. We were honored to be able to join. You know, I'm saying this in, in like a pretense. Uh, the baby right. could be here and I could miss it, by the way, also. So baby watch could take over. <laughs> make Brian watch. But, um, <laughs> you know, the last show of for McBride, and there's going to be like nine people on the podcast. So go check it out. We don't always tell you to go somewhere else, but once you're done listening to this, Bogman and I will be making an appearance on the episode and saying goodbye, which also, I mean, it kind of retires, um, you know, Chris McBogman. Or what was it? Scott Mc...
0: Yeah. No, it's Chris McBogman. Yeah, yeah Chris right. McBogman kind of gets retired. I, uh, I have not said anything on Twitter because I knew... This show was coming up, so I know a lot of people are sending well wishes on Twitter to Chris and stuff. But I just kind of wanted to keep mine fresh and, you know, ready for the show. That's why I haven't. I'm not a demon or anything. I'm like, <laughs> I'm not like, yeah, whatever. Chris is leaving. I, one down. One down. to the rest of these shows. A <laughs> couple yeah. more. Uh, but, no, I just, uh, I'm keeping my stuff because I want to be, uh, you know, fresh and funny for the show. So you can catch all my thoughts there. Yeah,
1: it'll, it'll be a good, it'll be a celebration of, uh, of Chris and everything he's done with Dear Mr. Fantasy. And uh, we'll all get kind of nutty. We'll see how yeah. much Scott and I can actually cut through with nine people on it. I mean, that is the podcast circle jerk if I've ever heard one.
0: I'll start drinking uh, as soon as we wrap up with Mason.
1: Yeah, you know what will probably all happen. all the way through. Yeah, yeah, that would be great. And I'll probably, like, halfway through, I'll be like, guys, i got to go. A baby's coming. <laughs> but we do. We're going to have to retire Chris McBogman. So are we going to retire him there?
0: Yeah, I think I'm going to retire him on, uh, uh, you know, I think I've got to hang him up, too. So you guys just turn over to Dear Mr. Fantasy to hear my exit, and I'll see you guys on the other side.
1: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that was sad. <laughs> that kind of brought us down a little bit. All right, well, go check that out. You guys can find us on there and that, uh, all that craziness. But well wishes to Chris and uh, all the good things he has done, not only for the fantasy community, but he has done for us. He's one of the first guests, probably the first guest with any – Anything, <laughs> any cloud or following or anything that, that we kind of um, locked into when we started this. And, you know, Chris did a lot of good stuff for us. So we, we appreciate all of that. So go listen to that. Listen today with Justin, who's also going to be joining us on that episode. And last thing you can go listen to is football is kind of a full throttle. We are in the stage where every week we're going to have an episode, and we've got a really big one popping up this week. We have it scheduled for Friday. We're ta- or we got a couple subjects on it, but Pisa Pia is going to drop by for a minute, and Chris Harris, Chris Harris, formerly of ESPN and Harris Football, now he's going to be joining us, and we're going to be talking about a couple subjects. So, if you're a football fan, I know the baseball fans are they're kind of dwindling away. We can, you know, it's a, it's a very common podcast thing as the weeks go by, as we reach the halfway point of. Some seasons, we're just about there for everybody. People are, you know, the interest when you get out of it are kind of waning away. Well, if you're going to go to football at all, make sure that you lock into us and our football podcast, the ITL Fantasy Football Podcast, which you can subscribe to on iTunes or any of the places, or you can find it in this league.com. Big episode, piece of Pia, Chris Harris, and a lot of analysis. It's going to be a big one for the the first of the, the beginning of the weekly one. So uh, football, baseball, all the sports are happening like this. The top five.
2: They've done studies, you know. Sixty percent of the time, it works every time.
1: (laughs) Bogman, number one on the top five. I have a name for it, but I'm going to give it a little. uh, I'm going to give it a little bit of uh, knowledge on the front end. Is I think we have a hexing going on. I think you and I are hexing players. Last week we were talking about Wilson Contreras, and we're like, yeah, he's good. Not a lot of playing time. Kind of blocked. Don't see how they're going to make it work. And uh, he was, he's a hotness this last week. He's playing all around the field. He's literally doing everything opposite of what we said, and he's killing the ball right now. We've done it with Nomar Mazzara. I mean, I've done it. We've done it with a lot of players. crazy Boom. So officially, I think we have the Hexit, I'm calling it, <laughs> in lieu of all the things going around, around the world. It is the ITL Hexit, where we are going to talk about a player, and they're going to sh- the bed and or they're going to go the opposite but as soon as we start pooing down the opportunity of a player they just jump right the hell up and then they defy all odds and you know they they're must pickups and Contreras and mazara is kind of tapering down but it is the official official exit
0: yeah we'll take all of your migrant players
1: <laughs> we uh, are sec- yeah seceding from uh, all fantasy draft ranks right now because this is not working
0: Boy, you know who really sucks the Welsh? Who? Oh. Uh, Carlos Beltran, Colby Rasmus, <laughs> all your Andrew players,
1: McCutcheon, Andrew McCutchen,
0: <laughs> uh, Kendrys Kendri- Kendri- Morales, Buster Posey, Kyle Seager. Man, man, those guys all suck.
1: Man, it is time to sell on Aaron Nola and Marcus <laughs> Stroman. It is time to sell on those guys. yeah, exactly.
0: It's I like a hex your th- video guy voice when you do that. It's time to sell. <laughs> it's time Aaron.
1: to sell on these players. I'm I Casey don't know what Cason. I did wrong. I'm Casey Casey. Yeah, it's um, it, it's funny. A couple of the guys even acknowledge it. They're like, yeah, I'm abusing it.
2: Amazing.
1: <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I hope we don't become the people that whatever we say, people do the opposite. Because we hit on a lot of stuff. But, I mean, it, I mean, it's not like we weren't saying we didn't like the guys. It was just there was such an apparent block. He was the third catcher brought up. And we I didn't know that he was gonna play left field, first base, catcher. I didn't know he was Kyle Schwarber.
2: We didn't listen! We
0: we didn't listen!
1: Yeah. I should have. I should have known. We should have known. Well, of course, Mad. I
0: mean, come on. You got to know that. Of course, It doesn't would do matter. This. A pitching prospect. Put him behind the plate. He can catch. Of it's course. Fine.
1: Yeah. It's it's crazy. No Mar Mazzara. We're like ah. There's all the players that are blocking them. I mean, at least we've been right about Trey Turner. I was like, I'm not. Remember, we had the deb- we had the debate actually on Trey Turner, AJ Reed, which we're been, we're going to talk to here in a couple minutes, and I I took AJ Reid's side because I just yeah. didn't think I thought Turner would get dusty, and at least that would follow, but. There may be a hexit going on. I don't want to su- secede and jump away and exit out of fantasy ranks, and hopefully you don't either. But uh, we acknowledge we are hexing some of these players. So maybe we can hex it for hire.
0: Maybe the curse of Chris is migrating. Oh, uh, to this. It's Chris. coming over. It's coming over on a boat to uh, this show. I hope it's not. But uh, mm. you know, we'll take all the other migrants from that show too. We just don't want to be cursing players.
1: Yeah, we might need to build a wall to keep that boat away. <laughs>
0: Did you see somebody on uh, Instagram said, Mexican food's so good, Donald Trump will want to build a wall around it. <laughs> what? It's uh, so authentic. That's what it was. Mexican food's so authentic, Donald Trump will want to build a wall around
1: it. Did you see Kanye West's new video? No. It. Is the weirdest thing I've ever seen in my life. I'm not
0: Evan or Matt. Come on.
1: No, I get it. But it's – well, and this is applicable. (laughs) On the bed are wax – naked wax figures of all famous people, and Donald Trump is one of them, and his ass crack is there. And there's like Taylor Swift, and she's all out, and you can see it. Mm -hmm. Like Bill Cosby was on it. Ray, uh-huh. he, he had Ray J were all right other, next to uh, Kim. Were all the
0: other things asleep?
1: <laughs> Every, yeah, everybody was asleep. It might not have been wax figures, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if Cosby was there, this might have just been a picture. Cosby was on the end. It might have been a live shot, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but Donald Trump was on it, and I was like, oh, you know, dude, and, and uh, Caitlyn Jenner was on it naked me once shame on shame on you all wax figures they all look very lifelike and then a i was like oh why'd you pick donald trump and then b i was just like how is he doing this like aren't like like taylor swift is naked with her (laughs) out next to him as a wax figure like wouldn't somebody be mad about their likeness being projected naked too
0: did he just push her head down and said it's all right i'm gonna let you finish
1: oh on that note (laughs) on that note thank you clap 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 uh number two mm, not a good transition to this one actually
0: we are not transitioning well
1: (laughs) Mm, number two is jose reyes is back with the mets let's just let that soak in that was the worst the worst transition we've ever done not tactfully knowing where we were gonna go but jose reyes (laughs) uh hey in anti-hexit news i called jose reyes two months ago
0: you did yeah
1: look at me look at me got something right yay me but uh, jose reyes back to the mets looks like he's gonna play third base he's gonna play every position it was funny they were talking about like you know oh what's the it was something about like what you know it doesn't matter that he's not playing shortstop or whatever he's never gonna play shortstop with the mets he's they're gonna practice him in the outfield third base probably obviously second base I don't imagine he would play first base, but they see him as the super, the very popular 2016 super utility player. Where guys are Wilson
0: Contreras,
1: yeah, Wilson Contreras, (laughs) Profar, Bias, all these guys very popular this year. But uh, he's going to be a super utility guy back with the Mets. What do you think? Outside of personal reasons and of uh, who he has as a human,
0: being just a giant bag of. He's going to hit leadoff. You know that's what Colin said when he comes back. So, I mean, there's value there. There's value in a, a leadoff hitter who, you know, he's hurt all the time, but he's still a good hitter. I mean, mm. like I said, you know, he may be a horrible human being, but still, still a uh, good hitter, and he's hitting leadoff. So, he's going to have value.
1: I really and, don't uh, feel comfortable talking about how good of a hitter Jose Reyes is. Let's use a different oh, term. Let's oh, use good a different term.
0: Lord. So, bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. Different uh, term. How, how good of a batter? Yeah. Uh, sure. I don't know if that's much better.
1: Yeah, I don't uh, know. Battery. But he's uh. just uncomfortable. You know, and it's so hard. For fantasy purposes, like, I, I do think he's probably worth holding. There's going to be some speed, there'll be some power. You know, an interesting thing, like, a player with a player like him is you are going to have confidence issues with, you know, he's coming in with um, a ton of behind him there's a big bag of crap behind him and that can obviously play tolls on a player but you put some somebody with an organization that he came up with players that he knows that are still there you know david wright one of the leaders in the clubhouse there could be a confidence thing where he feels like he can go out and he can perform and then but then it becomes bigger than fantasy where you know a lot of people are like you know the minute he steps out he's going to get some standing ovation and just how sick is everybody going to be How he sick is everybody so. going to be? I, he's probably going to get cheered with the Mets. He, I think he's going to. Uh,
0: I don't know. There were a lot of uh, Mets fans that didn't want him on the team. I, I bet you it's a mixed bag. Um, but see,
1: doesn't that even that is enough to be like, really? Like, eh.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, didn't see a whole lot of Brett
1: Myers or Alberto Cayasso after their incidents, and Brett Myers was one of the worst. If you've ever
0: right, you know, well, I mean, heard. they they can't play. So, yeah. Jose Reyes can play, you got to know it's it's all about the bottom line with these baseball teams. So, you know, while I don't agree with it, you know, he is, I mean, this is a stupid thing to say, but he's going through all the protocol correctly, you know, and he hasn't said anything.
1: You're right. He's done everything right so far. That,
0: yeah, you know, si- since the incident he's done, he's made all the right steps, but, you know.
1: Yeah, after making all the wrong decisions, he's making right. the best work-related decisions he can and it's it's worth uh, speculating I can't imagine you know a guy like uh, Trevor Story who um, hurt himself and you know if he's going to hit the DL you know this is uh, ironically Jose Reyes the guy that was behind him this is the type of player that could you know replace so I would be looking at him for sure though there's some young guys that might take over him which actually you know what this is a perfect transition let's move over to this real quick let's go to number three AJ Reed getting the call up. We got a couple other call ups to talk about actually now uh, Jose Reyes teammates, but would you rather have AJ Reed or Jose Reyes?
0: Reed. Um, easy,
1: right? But what, okay, easy. okay, what if you needed stolen bases and you were pretty solid at first and you're talking about AJ Reed being a utility or Reyes actually filling a middle infield spot and you're hurting more at stolen bases?
0: Well, I mean, if I'm hurting his stolen bases and I need a middle infield spot, yeah, I would take Reyes. But I think if I'm just going straight up for one of these guys, I've got to take A.J. Reed. I mean
1: – But I think the circumstance can sometimes be important because right. I, I just oh, laid all that out. I'm still taking A.J. Reed over him.
0: I'm not. Like I, if, if I need a shortstop and I need a middle infielder and I need stolen bases, uh, Reyes just makes too much sense to not take him. But <laughs> – the the reason why I would take Reed over Reyes just flat out is because you, we know that Jose Reyes gets hurt all the time, and he's not even back to the bigs, yet. and he's not even he guaranteed he's going to stay in the soon. bigs. Yeah, exactly. And there's no guarantee he's going to stay in the bigs. So, and there's no guarantee AJ Reed will stay in the bigs either. True. So, I I think I think I'm going to take AJ Reed. It, you know, the just the potential is too good. Yeah, uh, I, it's too high. Like. It's just like when we were going to the draft, right? If you can put a power guy over a speed guy, you take the power guy.
1: Yeah, Every exactly. Time. Well, AJ Reed finally got the call up. We're all very excited about him. He was one of those, you know, preseason minor league players that was worth drafting. I have him in three leagues, and I've been holding on to him this whole time. A little bit frustrating, but finally he's up. You know, we'll see how the results are so far. He's uh, zero for five, two walks. No hits, but he still has two runs, an RBI. So, you know, there's something for that. And get, you know, a couple walks. There's some plate discipline. That's positive to see. Don't expect him to come out like gangbusters yet. Uh, a couple strikeouts under his belt. Three strikeouts, you know, in those uh, those uh, five uh, those five at-bats. So, you know, be a little bit patient if you need a first baseman whatsoever. I can't imagine he's available in any league unless it's a small competitive league. Uh, you know, a small anti-competitive league. You know, it's actually, okay, bring me to this. If you're in a ten man league, would you pick up AJ Reed?
0: Yeah, I think so. He he's been picked up in my one ten man ten man league that I have. I mean, we have deeper benches than most, but I think uh, for the most part, yeah. And it's a keeper. It, yeah, it is too. Uh, but I, I think for the most part, I mean, it depends on who I'm draft uh, who I'm dropping, of course. But I think he's a good risk to take. Would like,
1: you drop Michael Brantley for AJ Reed? Yeah, easy,
0: easy. I don't think Brantley's going to play again this year. Would so you bad.
1: drop David Peralta, who's currently on the DL? Yes. Okay. So I mean, that's like top. Uh, that's like top one twenty. You're, you're sure, placing. but I
0: think in a ten man league, I would like if I was in a if I was in a fourteen. I don't know if I'd do that, but if I'm in a ten man league, sure, because I know that there's going to be other guys like David Peralta on the wire. You know what I mean?
1: It's a good point. Yeah, it's a good point. It's,
0: it's it's easier to dump those higher players in a smaller league. So.
1: Yeah, there's always a talent that's uh, sitting out there, so you don't have to worry too too much. Been hitting from the six hole, that's positive. Let's see where it goes. Be a little bit patient. He's a younger hitter, but a lot to be excited about with AJ Reed up. Also, um, Michael Conforto being sent down was kind of a bummer because he looked so so good, but so good early, he, so damn good. And then they just pulled the switch, and they brought up Brandon Nemo for Michael Conforto. So Nemo's up. I swooped up him in, I think, four of my leagues immediately just off of pure potential. I kind of worry he might have some of that same like Conforto, which would be great if he had that same Conforto production on the top end, but could kind of fade off. But um, 12-man leagues and up, I think he's worth picking up. He's worth keeping an eye on at worst. Michael. But let's go to Michael Conforto, though is he fully draft redraft he's fully droppable in every format right yes not in keeper though
0: no no i'm not dropping him in keeper because i think that he'll he'll go back down he'll probably just go back down get his swing right and then be right back in it
1: what about if you're uh eight keeper you're not a dynasty you're keep 8 would you well, still hold on to Conforto? I know there's circumstances we don't know, obviously. You know, right? You, it
0: just it depends. Like in some, a vacuum, some people who have eight have clear cut keepers. But if I'm waffling on my, you know, seven eight or six seven eight somewhere around there, I think I would hold them. Especially if you have an NA spot. I mean, it, it really like if you have three man benches, I don't think I'm keeping them. If you have five bench spots or more. I'm trying to hold on as long as I can. I, I guess if if my team sucks and I'm in a keeper league and I think I can be competitive and I really need somebody to fill that hole. Praising, boom. I'm mm-hmm. I'm dropping him. But if I'm first or second, Michael conforto just got sent down. I'm going to hold on to him. Okay. You know, cuz I don't think it's that big of a burden, even if you lose a game here, a game there, if you're still in first, second, you know, you're playing for that buy still. I'm still holding on to Conforto because I think, like I said, I think he's going to go down he's going to get his swing right and he's going to come right back up. And we saw that May that he did – was it April or May? We saw that month that I he think it was this, May. That long stretch that he had where he was really, really solid. And you know he can provide you that when he comes back up. So I think I would try to hold on to him if I possibly could.
1: I, I completely agree with you. I think uh, on his return, he's going to be a player that you're going to want to have. And then just a couple other notes – For speculation, yeah, you know, because the big ones, AJ Reed, that's been like the most, that's been the huge, big one we're waiting for. There's still a couple others, though, after Nemo and Reed. You've got JP Crawford, who I'm questioning if he's going to come up at all this season. It It might be September, but the closer ones. You got Lucas Giolito, who actually could come up as this podcast is airing. We've heard that uh, there's a there's a start for Tuesday. Possibly he could come up. I really do think he's getting close. Another rumor we've mentioned this guy before, and uh, if he is available, whatever the format is, you should try to pick him up. But. The Astros are looking to call up uh, Teoscar Hernandez. That's not the guy. Yeah, but also Alex Bregman from yeah. AA to AAA within the next couple of days. It actually could be today as you're listening to this that they're going to be up in AAA. And if that's the case, we might only have a month's stint for Alex Bregman left um, you know, d- down in AAA. So we could be talking the end of July you know, in the August area that Alex Bregman comes up. And it could be like, you know, it's a Carlos Correa impact. You know, right around the same time as D. Gordon comes back, and everyone's going to be focused on him, that Alex Bregman could be a huge asset to your fantasy playoff run. They could pop him right. They could actually put him. I mean, not going to put him at the two hole though. He could be there. He could be a five or You'd six.
0: Probably start low. You know, he
1: could, but I wouldn't. You know, with with the type of average hitter he is, he's not known to be a power hitter, even though. I think he has the second most homers out of last year's entire draft class, out of everybody. Christian Stewart with the Tigers is the only one that has more. That I think they would put him five and they would hit Reed behind him, which, A, that would be a huge bump for Reed, another guy that would be on in front of him, and Alex Bregman would be hitting behind Jesus Christ, Altuve Correa, Springer. I, That's stupid.
0: I think they would start him in nine. It's just what they usually do with those guys. Uh, but, you know, if he hits, then he'll, you know, if he hits, then he'll move up in the in the lineup. Let me ask you this though. The same situation you said before, you need a middle infielder with swipes. If Jose Reyes and Alex Bregman are available together, which one are you taking?
1: Like right now, like I have to wait a month for Bregman or I get Reyes.
0: No, I... no, no. Let's say let's say Bregman gets called up. Bregman. Bregman's in two weeks. It's just Bregman hands down, easy. Yes.
1: Okay. It's not. It's not even close. I, I think Bregman is going to be high, high impact player. We had some of those last year. I don't know. I don't think we're going to have the same run that we had last year, where it was like, it was like Miguel Sano, you know, Franco, uh, Correa, who came up in the second half and were just like lights out. You know, uh, fantasy all stars. I don't necessarily know if we're talking that, but I think he's going to come in and he's going to make an immediate impact. We're talking high average, depending where he is in the lineup runs, he can steal some bases. Yeah. I, I have no assurances with Jose Reyes and he doesn't even have a, a full on gig yet. So Bregman for sure. Okay. Yeah.
0: I'm probably I'm I'm with you. I just uh I'm I'm not as confident about anybody coming up from, you know, double A or a week of triple A or whatever he's at right now. Um I'm not as confident for this season, but I think, you know, for the long term, of course I want Bregman. And for this year I probably want Bregman, too, but I mean, I wouldn't be I'm not as excited as you are right now.
1: I'm very excited about Bregman. ooh, oh, I just started getting a clue, but uh some prospects to be on the lookout for. I think Josh Bell's another one with the pirates. he's just clamoring to come up. And, Pirates just uh, never call their guys up. They're the worst. So stupid. They're the way, like- Meadows is just destroying everything down <laughs> in AAA. Josh so he Bell finally
0: got up to AAA. It only took him a 26-game hit streak at AA before they finally went. Yeah, you're good at You go to AAA.
1: Dude, yeah, it's it's stupid. What Glass now, Bell and Meadows all could be in the majors right now and they could be making a big impact
0: coming up soon right didn't they just take Nicasio out of the uh rotation yeah and they're not
1: calling up glass I don't know what the problem is but there's a lot of good prospects out there I know they're just so stupid Alex Reyes be on the lookout for I I would say he's closer to that Bregman like a month away if anything glass now bell if you're on the prospect watch for redraft or you know maybe even a keeper where people haven't taken those guys be on the lookout for that number four Steven Strasburg scratched oh boy here we go. Are we, is this is this it again? Are we doing this I again? I think
0: it might be. Jesus, I, I think it might be. It's it's, you know, so he was many scratched
1: pictures. once, and then he got scratched on Sunday again.
0: <laughs> scratched once, scratched twice, scratched out three times. And you're put out. on the DL. It's ridiculous. Yeah, put on the DL.
1: Fool me once, shame on, shame on you. fool me, we can't get fooled again.
0: Steven Strasburg, twenty three starts last year. Mm-hmm. He's gone on the DL. How many starts
1: for Strasburg? Strasburg's such a tease. Strasburg. You know he's like those. You know those late night. I know you know those late night like call lines where it's like you know, hi, I'm Candy and I'm so lonely, and you know they're the (laughs) get on a live webcam right now and watch me touch myself. It's (laughs) It's <laughs> like like these chicks that are just way way hello. hot, and you you know when you call in, you're just going to be talking to like hello, yeah. my my name is you Ruby. Want me
0: touch virgin. <laughs> I rub for you, baby. Oh, it feels so good. Do
1: you like the way my facial hair scratches on the phone? Does that feel good? That's what Steven Strasberg is. He's like he you has. Want,
0: it, you want more hot action? You put in token.
1: Many token. He is the visual. Of the insanely beautiful hot chick on the phone, they want you to call. But his performance is of the Latvia stripper mm-hmm. that is on the other line who has a five o'clock shadow.
0: It's always Riley Reed in those commercials, so. and every
1: Twitter troll. The yeah, every Twitter troll. Full, they're back in full force.
0: Yeah, it's it's Riley Reed. Yeah, it's definitely uh, porn horse season on on Twitter, but. 23 starts last year. He's at 14. He's 10-0, the Welsh. I know.
1: He, we, we were talking like top seven pitcher for this oh. season.
0: So does he hit 23 starts this year?
1: Oh, my hell. he Hello. My name is Steven Strasburg.
0: <laughs> How many token you gamble? I make 23 starts.
1: Mm. Mm. Will he make 23? Can he? I don't think he can do it, Nine dude. more. He has to get nine more starts, and I think he's going to still have, like, 13 potential starts. Does that sound right?
0: Mm, I feel like it's more than that.
1: No. Remember, we were just talking about Granke last week, and he had 15 left when we were talking about him going, like, 20. And we've had at least two starts in there. So, I mean, we're, he's probably only well, got, see, like, 13 how many, how many
0: has he already missed? Two? Yes. Is this two starts he's missed? Yes. Does that put him at 16. Let's say he has 16 more starts for the season. He's definitely missing two of those. So he has—let's let's put him at another 14 for the rest of the year.
1: Okay, and what is he at right now? He has 10— 10...
0: he, he has 14 starts right now. Is he going to get nine more out of those 14 he potentially has left? Yes, I would say so. I don't. Really? I, he's just too hurt. You're not willing to
1: risk this being a Russian cam model on the back end?
0: No, I think in redraft, I'm peddling him off.
1: Okay, you will not put your debit card down to buy these tokens—
0: I will not put my debit card in his slot, is what I'm saying, yeah,
1: you need to buy a prepaid visa to make that's all right. these transactions. PayPal is necessary
0: that's right. PayPal right. or something not my debit card.
1: did you sell him off i mean you are you selling him I right think, now
0: yeah yeah Redraft, but what if it's like I'm eighty
1: cents on the dollar though?
0: Well, what's eighty cents on a, on a, on the dollar? Let's okay. Well, through, like okay. Let's go through the Welsh list.
1: Yeah, but okay. <laughs> but I'm saying if he's healthy, you got to start there. If he's a healthy pitcher, but
0: he's not. Like that's a, no, no. Can, but but you can't say if on that because he's not. No, no. He's okay. All
1: right. So looking at like standard five by five ranking, Strasburg is sitting at it looks like nine, five, six, seven, eight, nine. No, he's the ninth starting pitcher, right above Scherzer, below Lester. So if you're taking even value, you should be able to get a, you know, you should be able to get a, a Lester or maybe Scherzer's a little high. Danny Salazar is under him. I mean, look at a couple others, some kind of crappy names. Kluber. Let's deal with those. Those are even value.
0: Okay, so those are even. Give me some after that.
1: Okay, so would you trade Strasburg? Okay, so now I'm getting out of that range. For, would you trade Strasburg for Cole Hamels? Yes. Trade to Strasbourg for Julio Tehran. Yes. Tehran is above Hamels, by the way. Very high. Um, Zach Ranky. Yes. Quinta Maeda.
0: Um, probably not.
1: Uh, Carlos Martinez. No. Oh, this is interesting. Okay. Yeah. I mean, uh, Granky, and then it goes Maeda. Um, and then it went Tanaka. You probably not do I'd
0: probably do it for some bigger names, though, than Martinez and Maeda.
1: That are struggling?
0: I would probably, I I'm, I might do Tanaka.
1: You would, uh, Jacob DeGrom? Yes. Uh, Steven Matz? No. Okay. One more. Ooh. Trevor Bauer. Not a chance. Come on. <laughs> Trevor Bowers, I hate him, but he's ridiculous right now. Okay, so it sounds like your system is like about ninety cents on the dollar, eighty five to ninety cents on the dollar. I mean, because if you're if you're selling him low at this point, and you're just like, oh shit, I really don't think I'm gonna get the value that I I want to get from this guy rest of season, you're probably talking like, I mean, Christ, I mean, the David prices and Carrascos are way down there, but you're trading all those guys for Strasburg, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, well, I'm trading away Strasburg for those guys. Yeah, all of them.
1: Yeah, the the lower end guys you'd be talking about are probably like Taewon Walker. You know, that's like under eighty percent return value on a guy like Strasburg. Um, yeah, I don't even know who the other guys are. I'm looking. Like Ian uh, Kennedy.
0: No, no, I would do like um, Salazar. Would you do Salazar?
1: Yeah, I think that's like in the ninety. Like, what about
0: Stephen range. Wright?
1: No. I can't I can't get into that. Funny comedian, don't buy the pitch. I know you
0: hate John Lackey, so you wouldn't do Lackey. No. Lackey. Um Shark. No. Hell no. Verlander.
1: Hell no. Not after that start on the weekend. That doesn't make me feel good. But but see the difference is I don't I think he only misses a couple and he's back the rest of the season. I think he could potentially be like a six or seven on the hot scale behind that telephone, where you think it's like you know gutter trash that you know has a beard. I
0: don't think it's gutter trash. I'm not selling them for Carlos Martinez, but Anything I you Gutt- know
1: come on, he's not gutter trash. He probably really knows. Carlos those Martinez.
0: Chicks. Look, I'm not. I'm not saying <laughs> <laughs> Carlos Martinez is gutter gutter trash by any. I mean, you know, maybe uh, maybe HPV the chicks trap. he
1: follows, but yeah, but, uh,
0: but uh, you know, he uh, all right. I th- I'm peddling off Strasbourg for a little less talent to get a guy that I think is going to be healthy.
1: The key here is I'm probably not selling him off. I actually might buy on him right now. If, if I was the person that had
0: – Do you have him in any, any leagues?
1: I do. I have him in – you don't have him in any leagues. That's a problem.
0: Yeah, that's the problem. Yeah. I need to acquire yeah. him to trade him to you.
1: Yeah, I have him in like <laughs> uh, one or two, uh, one or two leagues. I don't, I don't know which ones, but um, if if the selling point was under eighty cents on the dollar, I think I would. Yeah. You know? If honest. I had Carlos Martinez as much as I love him, and someone was like, "Yeah, I'll take that for Strasburg," I would buy that. You would sell.
0: I just would not be surprised it. if he got five more starts the rest of the year. He came back up off the DL and then he went right back on the DL because they said. Okay, we're going to scratch him and he's he but he's fine. We're going to scratch him but he's fine. That's what they said. And then they scratched him again and now he's on the DL. So, Hill. I just I, I'm tired of this Steven Strasburg. As the Strasburg turns. I'm sick of it.
1: <laughs> All um, right. Uh, number 5. Uh, last one here. Sometimes we look at stats as our fifth one, you know, we like to look at trends. I was looking at something and it, it started to make me think. We're talking about young players and, you know, a couple people also want us to as we can put some focus on, you know, keeper league conversation, what to do during the seasons, you know, and it's a good point on the second half of seasons to have, we're always going to talk about what's going on every week or in the weekend and how to win. But you keeper league guys, sometimes you kind of get, they become afterthoughts. So I was looking at top performances, you know, guys that are putting up ridiculous numbers and Jose Fernandez was on my mind and I was taking a look cause he'd struck out 13 on Sunday and yeah,
0: every batter, every batter in the Cubs lineup struck out against him.
1: He's insane. I know it's the Cubs, but still, I mean, <laughs> dom- dominant. Jose Fernandez is a dominant pitcher right now. And I went to look. His K per nine is stupid. Bogman, it's over thirteen. He's the only player with a K per nine over thirteen. He's also the only player with one over twelve. No other, no other pitcher. Starting pitcher, don't talk to me about relief pitcher, starting pitcher has a K per nine that's even 12, at least when I'm looking at these numbers. He's so dominant. And what what is uh, Jose Fernandez? Is he like 22?
0: Jose Fernandez is 23. 13 years old. Yeah, oh.
1: 23 years old.
0: 23, yeah. He'll be 24 at the end of July.
1: Okay, so I, I took a look at that, and I was like, God. God dang. And by the way, really, no—and I know Bogman's probably thinking this, just didn't say it. There's no coincidence. I do own both of these players in our ITL dynasty. (laughs) It has nothing to do with this because these both came up Eh. completely wrong. I swear to God. Eh. I swear to God, Bogman. I swear to God. I mean the stats don't lie. Jose Fernandez is second the in strikeouts do. in the league. He's the number one K per nine starting pitcher in the league, and no one's even close. And then I was like, well, let's compare him to an offensive player. And I went and I just I hit home runs.
0: Oh, look at my other guy.
1: Number no number one on the list is uh, Nolan Arenado. <laughs> There's some other interesting names on there. This you know, is like an Trumbo. interesting
0: debate. Yes. Yeah, so between these two players, the
1: question is, and you're right about this. The question is, who is more of a dominant player? that's under 25. These two players that are 25 or under, Arenado's 25, Jose Fernandez is 23, both completely dominant on their side of the ball. Who would you think? Who do you take? Who is more dominant?
0: So you're, okay. Let, let me just make sure I have the question right. It's who is more dominant, not who would I rather have on my fantasy team? Well, let's, let's go both.
1: I mean, talk, first talk to me, who's, who is more, is more dominant?
0: dominant? Jose is more dominant. All right, I mean... Nobody in the league is striking out guys at the clip that he has. He had that gigantic long streak of not losing a game at home. Um, he's just a more dominant player than Nolan Arenado is, in my opinion.
1: 138 strikeouts over 94 innings pitch for a 13.12K per nine. It's Jose. He's crazy.
0: It's Jose. I like. I like Jose and just... I think I talked about it in in pre-draft. I had him really really super high because this is this is the kind of stuff that you could get from Jose. Frontline starter. That's why when everybody was talking about oh, the Marlins are going to trade Fernandez. I was like, "Why the hell would they do that?" That's the dumbest crap I've ever heard in my life. Why would they trade Jose Fernandez? It's stupid. So, and I would have given my entire farm system for Jose Fernandez as a D-backs GM. But uh yeah. Let's not go there. But it's not that Nolan Arenado is not dominant. It's just that, you know, I I think he's boosted by Coors a little bit. 315 at home, 276 on the road. 276 isn't bad. He's got nine of his 21 homers on the road, so he still hits bombs there. I just think that any player playing in Coors, any offensive player playing in Coors is obviously helped by Coors. So I think if you're just going for flat-out dominance, I can put this guy anywhere – and he's going to go out and dominate the competition so at Jose.
1: Nolan Arenado is one in the league, and, and I'm pulling these stats as of Sunday. So if something happened Monday. Don't kill me. Uh, number one in the league in home runs. Number two in the league in RBIs. Only two to um, E5. Just had that crazy span where he just passed him a little bit. But he does number eleven. Number eleven in runs. So I mean. He is there at every standpoint. He almost has a better walk percentage than strikeout. They're both at eleven percent. He is right under hitting three hundred. Outside of not stealing bases, I mean, he is he he is dominating offense. I'm not saying he he's obviously not in the range, especially this season, to be a triple crown type of guy. But at the end of the season, I'm not gonna be shocked if he is leading the league in RBIs and home runs and is a top ten. In runs And he's hitting 300 as a third baseman. It's a good crop. So I, I'd be curious what other people think. From a pure dominant standpoint, I think it is hard to disagree for a player 25 or under that Jose Fernandez is more dominant. So now let's take it to the fantasy perspective. And let's talk keeper. If Jose Fernandez you're looking at is this dominant – he is the youngest of the pitchers in this realm. Kershaw obviously is his own, you know, beast and the pitchers that kind of surround Jose Fernandez who do the same things are a decent amount older. And Nolan Arenado, 25, we tend to value hitting over pitching. If you are in a keeper league, who do you want more? Nolan Arenado, who is a top 10 batter for sure, maybe probably best third baseman. Uh, at the spot because Manny Machado doesn't steal bases anymore. Or Jose Fernandez, who is a young pitcher who has more strikeouts per given inning, though he's not like Kershaw. He can't go long. Who would you want?
0: Nolan. I want Nolan Arenado because easy, uh, easy. Like I said before, hitters over pitchers. When you're just looking flat out, like sometimes you need pitchers more than you need hitting. I get it. But hitters tend to be more consistent. Plus, Jose Fernandez has already had Tommy John. I don't have that worry about Nolan Arenado. So, I think I for a keeper league I I want to take the hitter. They're more consistent. Pitching is finicky, but I do think that I do think that Jose Fernandez has a better chance of being a number 1 overall player like Kershaw because I think he's the only pitcher that could get to that scale. But pitching is so risky. I'll air I'll air on the hitter side, and I'll take Arenado. By the way, it's, is it, doesn't he want to be called Arenado now? Is that true? Yes. Ugh,
1: I hate him more now. Arenado. It's like Giancarlo Stanton when he was Mike Stanton. When he became Giancarlo, I was like, really? Really? Really. He couldn't just be Mike?
0: Arenado. So okay. there's no A's, no Arenado. It's Arenado. That
1: may have just turned the tides to Jose Fernandez, <laughs> unless he wants to be Jose Fernandez. <laughs> Fernandez. Like I have to say, Fernandez. Fernandez. Um he- I'm going to agree with you from the hitter standpoint. The funniest part of this argument, and by the way, the reason this conversation is happening because under 25, and they are at the top of their stats fantasy wise in both ends of of the league.
0: These guys just keep coming to Vegas and knocking me out of tournaments.
1: But here's what's so fascinating we are having this conversation of dominant players under 25, and Bryce Harper is not there. He's just not there. He's just not having that season. He's not that player that we can talk about under 25. And um man, dude, in the keeper league, Bryce Harper or Nolan Arenado? Uh, Harper. You had to think about that.
0: I did, but you know, uh, Nolan Arenado could get traded out of course at some point, which I don't think he will. Why would the Rockies trade him? But um I think I still want to go with, with uh Bam Bam.
1: Okay. All right. Interesting conversation. Love to hear what you guys have to say. Please feel free. Hit us up on Twitter. Is it the Welsh? Bogman Sports. Those are Twitter handles. If you've got a take on it, always love to hear about what that is. But we got a mailbag. We got some waivers. Waivers. We got Justin Mason. We got a whole bunch coming up. But uh, let's go do the mailbag.
2: English, do you?
1: I don't know why I can't stop saying
2: ITL.
1: If I don't say it, I'll pass out. All right, Bogman, mailbag. You guys send your questions at the aforementioned before we just said it. Uh, Is it the Welsh Bogman Sports? You can tweet us. You can shoot us an email at thewelsh at inthisleague.com or bogman at inthisleague.com. Always glad to answer your questions. And they can be dynasty, keeper, redraft, whatever it is. We'll be glad to talk about it. Uh, Make sure that you stick around and listen to the uh, show the rest of the season, and we'll uh, hook you up with your leagues. But first one... Speaking of sticking around, always sticking around, Colin, who is actually coming out here in a couple of weeks to see some Blue Jays and Diamondbacks uh, at Hibbs 312 says, who is a good target to trade Lester for in Dynasty? He said, I'm I'm in sixth with no shot of winning.
0: Well, first of all, I think if you're in sixth, you really have no shot of winning.
1: I mean, maybe he's in six, like, out of luck. You know, the, you know when you're in that spot, you're like, it's like a proxy. You're like, nah, I don't really belong here, but I'm here because of these other people, and the teams are so dominant ahead, I don't have a chance to win. That, ha- that happened, uh, that kind of happened this year with one of the guys in our long-term league callings. Like, he kind of came into the season just being like, I can't compete with uh, with me and Will and you, and he was just like, he sold off within like, like five weeks of the season. It was the most insane thing I've ever seen. But sometimes you just have that feeling. So if you have to sell off and, you know, let's not give them the answer like, well, maybe you could stick in it. Who would you trade Lester for if you're selling off?
0: How about Harvey?
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: How about Harvey? Uh, Harvey is one that comes to my mind. Maybe Danny Salazar. I don't know if anybody would go for that. They're kind of in the same realm. Someone would
1: be more prone to trade Matt Harvey than Danny Salazar in a keeper.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because of his struggles. Uh struggle. AJ Reed, you know, get get some young hitters. Um
1: I told him one thing I would try to do is I would try to stick in the range of where he is. Like I'm not a firm believer he's a long-term keeper starting pitcher. So I'm for selling him like I you know, we just talked about it before. I think he's like he's like top 10 right now. He's he's in the top 10 of starting pitchers. I would shoot for somebody in the top 20. So you kind of you know you nailed them like Danny Salazar that would be one I would do that for Schwarber, yeah Schwarber's Ballard. a great one. Pollock and Schwarber those are like the key guys to maybe even D Gordon.
0: Yeah, possibly D D. Gordon. D. Gordon's
1: a sneaky one because if you end if what if you ended up starting like getting into it you know you're all of a sudden you're like I'm actually competing now and then you get D Gordon coming back and stealing bases.
0: Right. Um, this is a funny one. I'm I'm curious to see what you have to say. Mm-hmm. Eric Hosmer.
1: Um, nah. I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I guess, I guess.
0: Uh, I mean, he's hitting three oh seven. He's got yeah. twelve bombs. What about? Uh, how he's about just Miguel? not
1: the prototype. He's not the first baseman I want to put on my team. I well, suppose he's not
0: if a forty home run hitter, but he could hit twenty five. Yeah, like when
1: I have good first baseman on my team, they're like. Miguel Cabrera. Like, that's what I want. Like, if I had a team of a you bunch of power the outfielders. First,
0: the, the best first baseman. You understand me, boy? Yeah. You either, you're either first or last. Okay. You get it? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Top 20
1: starting pitcher. Miguel Sano. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, and yeah, no, shoot no. for the moon. Like, don't be stupid. Don't be like, oh, can I get, yeah, well, my dude, Steven Strasburg.
0: Uh, yeah, Steven Strasburg, if someone's willing to do that. Yeah. Um, Are we
1: selling but, John Lester short here?
0: I don't think we are. I, he's having a really, really good year, but I mean, mm. I, I and I believe in him. And he's definitely a keeper. But I think I would want all those guys. Is this a? Is, this, just, is this the? the he, is
1: this the helix? The hexit? This is the hexit.
0: Mm. Oh man, it better not be. It
1: might be the hexit. John Lester's going to throw a no hitter his next one out.
0: How about Buster Posey?
1: Yeah. Hell yeah.
0: Okay, I'm okay. just getting. Uh, I,
1: I'm not worried about the struggles right now.
0: I'm just getting a gauge. Just All right. getting
1: gauge, fella. I right. top shoot for top fifty. Go in the top fifty of players.
0: Eric Hosmer is at fifty. No
1: <laughs> whatever your value system is, you can go <laughs> pre-draft whatever. Start in the top fifty and work your way up if you have to. So start in the lower range. I would start in the twenty-five ranked players and move my way up. And also, if I'm out of it, package some stuff with it. You know, don't just be like, oh, "I'll judge you Lester for this guy," and they might be like, "Nah, I'm not going to do that." Maybe you could trade them a couple other pieces that mean nothing to you this season and you can upgrade that way. Yeah. Look I at it that way. That. All right. I agree with that. At Neon1534 says, I got offered David Price and Adam Jones for Jean Car- from We're going to call him Mike now for Mike <laughs> Stanton. Should <laughs> I take it or just wait on Stanton? Let me just go real quick because I'll just tell you what I said. And because I thought this was interesting, this is the best Stanton trade I've seen this season. This is the best – oh, Giancarlo Stanton kind of sucks. Oops, I'm sorry. Mike Stanton kind of sucks right now. I'll give you this. Is This is the best one I have seen. I think I might do it. I mean he's kind of picked up a little bit here. This question might be four or five days old. But, I mean, if you are not a believer in Stanton and you're still really concerned, you, I don't. how much better can you do than Adam Jones and David Price?
0: You can't do that much better. And it's funny because a week ago this was easy. I would easily have taken Price and Jones. Because Price seemed to be, you know, getting it back. And Adam Jones has had a tear over the last month. Yeah, man. And Stanton's hitting 200. But over the last week and a half, week, Stanton's been hitting bombs. He's been driving in runs, all that good stuff. Um, I Redraft, I think I'm I'm taking the deal. I think I'm taking Price. I'm assuming
1: general. this is redraft. And, oh, Keeper's interesting. Would you do this in Keeper?
0: I want Stanton in Keeper. Yeah i i it's it sucks what if that uh,
1: outfit- what if it was um what if it was bradley jr j b j and david price
0: no no i want
1: yeah Yasiel puig
0: no Stan. of
1: course not you hate him all right uh, all right, interesting stuff to talk about. I assume that's redraft. I think I might take it. It's best you're probably going to get on Stanton. And if uh, Adam Jones doesn't work out, you got David Price, so it's not that bad. Uh, at Jake1725, lots of numbers in all of our listeners right now. Rest of season, Julio Tehran and Lance McCullers or Scherzer and Bradley. I'm assuming this is Archie. Oh, yeah, Archie Bradley, it's obviously. So Scherzer and Bradley or Tehran and McCullers.
0: Tehran and McCullers. Really? Yes.
1: I say Scherzer. Uh,
0: Well, you say Scherzer, but it's Tehran and McCullers. Yeah, because Archie Bradley is whatever in this, If
1: somebody offered you Scherzer for your Tehran and McCullers, you would turn it down.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Um, Scherzer had a terrible second half last year. I just don't think that can be ignored. And Tehran has, has seemed to have found whatever it was that was missing. A little concern about McCullers, but not nearly as much as I am about Bradley. So I would take Tehran and McCullers over Scherzer and Bradley.
1: Okay, that's interesting. I, I always lean to the best player in the deal. Love me some Max Scherzer. I get it. Tehran's having a great season. It's going to take a whole lot for him to get moved if he does. Uh, Lance McCullers is playing a whole bunch better as of late. Definitely the player that I was touting more. Like them both. But uh, Max Scherzer, he's uh, top 8 right now. He's, I think he's he's top 3 in strikeouts this season. Stupid. I he's, love
0: Max, I'm just worried about that fall off like he had last year. I so. get it.
1: All right, uh last one here at Is it the Welsh?
0: Oh, yes. Let's hear this
1: question. What the fuck is so wrong with Aaron Nola and Marcus Stroman? <laughs> Does God hate me?
0: Uh, the answer is yes. Of course, God hates you. Of course. Um, and then uh, I would uh, also like to add in what is wrong with Patrick. Patrick Corbin sure. gives up six runs. Like it's fun for him. Wait, this
1: just came in at Bogman Sports. Why did I tout Patrick Corbin so much?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I hope everybody took Christian Yelich. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, know. you were good at that. What, what? What is it? I mean, Aaron Nola worked with this. Work was working with his pitching coach. Thought they got some stuff figured out. He has not been right, but Bogman and I were looking at a bunch of the numbers, and this is going to sound out, sound cop outy, and you know someone smart, someone else smarter can come out and say something. But the best thing I can say is he's just having a bad stretch. I mean, one of the clear things when I look at all his numbers, there's one thing that jumps out to me: he's not leaving anyone on base, and it looks might be more of a product also of uh, the defense behind him. He's got an xFIP of uh, 296 with an ERA of 445, so no surprise, you know, the team that's behind him. And he's only leaving on 61% of batter. That's horrible. That's on the opposite Granky last year. So those couple bad things are working against him, but he's almost striking out 9, uh, almost striking out 10 per 9. His walks are almost under 2 per 9, which is what you're looking for. You know, the fly balls are going out. It, it's a product of Philly stuff, but, you know, you were looking at the game splits, and they were great for a long period of time, but the last four or five have just been, it's just a bad stretch.
0: Yeah, it's bad for Nola. It, it's been bad. It's, uh, you know, starting from May 14th, here's the earned runs. One, two, 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 zero. And then four, six, seven, five. Are in five, you know, that's Sunday, today against the Giants. You know, and Stroman, on, on the other side, like, it's been a tough run for him. He gave up another five today, it, so he's had a couple. He's had a seven. He's had two sevens, a six, and a five, two fives. But one of the fives, a seven, and a six <laughs> were all against Boston, and we know Boston is you know the best offensive team in baseball this this season. You know he's got roughed up in a couple of them. The Rays the Orioles, which I just, I can't tell. What do you think, the Welsh? Do you think that's good that he's getting roughed up against the good teams? Or if you look at these bad starts, they're all in his division. Mm. That's rough.
1: Yeah, I mean, God, I got to tell you, dude, looking at Strowman's game log is just (laughs) definitely aging me. It's giving me anxiety. (laughs) There's a huge problem. You know, there's some stuff that you can look at that can make you feel better. You go look at his ex-fip, and you're like, hey, you're a little bit more of a pitcher. He's not walking
0: many. Uh, you know, yeah. he had one five-walk game, again, against Boston. Everything else has been one and two. He had a three in his first start against Boston. Every other game that's not Boston, one or two walks in it, or zero.
1: You know, eerily, a lot of those, like, uh, you know, walk per nine, bat pip, left on base, very similar to Aaron Nola, 63% left on base. Home run to fly ball is about the same. The worrisome stuff is the strikeouts are atrocious, and you're right. He's getting beat up in his division, and that's where he has to shine a little bit. Like You expect Marcus Stroman to go out of his division and pitch well. He, went, he pitched against Philly, went seven, only gave up two and struck out six. Great. That's what we want. Goes in to Minnesota, gives up one, goes almost eight, and strikes out three. That's not great. Awesome. Even goes into San Francisco, gives up two, goes six, strikes out five. Great. But man, the division murders him, and we thought he could be successful in it. He can't because those teams are demolishing it. You got to sell on Strowman. You just got to do it. Like, I'm sorry, that sucks. I thought Marcus Strowman was be so much wow. better than he was. You got to sell on Strowman. Like, I would sell if if I had Marcus Strowman and someone offered me Aaron Nola, I think I'd have to do that, wouldn't you?
0: Yeah, I think so.
1: They, if if they have similar stats. But Aaron Nola is striking out three more, almost four more per nine, and has an under three XFIP. Got to go Aaron Nola. So there's Let me something. ask you this. I can't do it. Keeper League. Ooh.
0: Stroman or Nola? <laughs> uh, Which one of your kids would you like to push off the cliff?
1: I would have to keep Nola. Okay. And, I, and I'm I worried agree. about this. This is the Hexit. This is going to happen. Marcus Stroman's going to go nine. He's going to strike out nine, and it's, he's going to give up two hits in his next start or something like that. It's just too much right now. And but here's even the worst problem about it. When I sell, you got to you got to trade on him. You can't. What can you sell <laughs> him for? Well, <laughs> maybe people are going to buy in. Keeper league's a little bit different of a, a situation, yeah, but in a, a redraft, do you drop Marcus Stroman?
0: I think you can and not bad an eyelash
1: the division's killing him and you can't have that on your team this is worse than a john gray situation where it's like oh, i can't start him at home you can't start him against like half his games
0: yeah yeah i mean he but i guess that's
1: uh, very similar you, to home but
0: you can't start him against boston ever uh and you can't start him against baltimore Baltimore, he got rocked against too, and uh, his other really bad start is against the Rays. Man, Boston and just destroys it. here. It's it's rough. It is rough in the streets for you. you Want
1: to know what would be so. interesting? And I'm not smart enough to do all this. I would love to see what his stats look like without Boston games. Can someone do that? Can someone run Marcus Stroman with take extrapolate all his games against Boston and tell me what he looks like as a player? Because I think that would be telling if if we saw a sub, a low three ERA guy, maybe his strikeouts are in the sevens. Um, You know, his whip isn't too insane. Maybe it's in like the one twos, you know, under one twos, one, one, five, something like that. You might be looking at a player that it's like, man, Boston has his number. Because if you look at this, I mean, it's bad.
0: He's not striking out many either. And that's the tough thing. Like if he was striking out guys, you would say, okay, well, you know what? It's going to come around because a guy with this dominative stuff isn't going to get battered around that much. But over his past, let's see, since May 11th, he's had six strikeouts once and then four, two, four, five, three, two, five. Not good. Not enough strikeouts either.
1: His last three starts against Boston, he has given up 18 earned runs. Right. Three. 18 <laughs> earned runs. And he struck out. He has given up more earned runs and strike. He's had he's struck out batters in Boston. He has struck out thirteen batters and given up eighteen earned runs against Boston. Six per. It's pretty That's bad, rough. man. It's pretty bad. I, I won't blame anybody. I don't think you can start him if you hold him. I'm not. I have him like on a non-keeper league. I'm not going to drop him, but I'm, I'm not going to start him for a bit. I kind of was like, yeah, maybe I could start him against the White Sox and stuff. And no, mm-hmm. can't do. You can't do it. You just can't do it. So. Uh, Marcus Stroman, pff, you know, keep Nola. Stroman's a problem. You got any words, you know, of uh of Corbin?
0: Uh, yeah, drop him immediately for anything that's on the wire. Anything? Uh, pretty much, unless you're. Uh, I mean, there's a little hope for him in keeper league for I, Robbie Ray, dude. Yes, easy. Uh, th- this is tough because I feel like Corbin is right there. I feel like he could be one of those guys after the, the All-Star break that comes around and has a good surprising year. But I just don't have enough in me to say, hold on to him. I just can't, I can't sit here and tell you guys that. I think I'm going to do that, but I can't tell you guys to do that yeah. because every time the dude gets to 90 pitches, he gives up four runs. It's just what it and, is. And today, you know, I didn't start him in a bunch of my leagues because he was playing in Colorado, but he cruised – pretty easily through the front four. Uh, I had to leave. I couldn't watch the rest of the game. But he wound up giving up six. Of course. You know, yeah. it, it's just it's it's, bonkers, it's frustrating man. For, for Patrick Corbin. You know, we've been right on a lot of guys. Uh, this year, but we're wrong on a couple of them, too. Oh, whatever. Just, I, I, we don't
1: mind talking about the, that. Yeah, and those
0: wrong ones, just they eat at you.
1: Well, we, you know? we placate to it. You know, a lot of people don't want to have the conversation of things they got wrong and want to ignore it and only want... I mean, we, you know, I'm no stranger to being like, hey, I got this right. We love talking about this <laughs> stuff, but we're also not afraid to talk about the things that are wrong. It's just brutal. You know, I mean... Carlos Martinez, thank God, has been a damn good pitcher this season. But like you know, we attached our names pretty strongly to Corbin and Strowman, and Nola was one of my late round guys, and he paid off for a lot this season. But it's brutal to watch, and people are asking us quite. I get questions all the time. You know, hey, are you going to start Strowman? You going to start Nola? And I'm just like, ah, I'm still there. I'm not out. I'm very stubborn. I'm very stubborn because we see stretches. A lot of guys. Whether it's positive or negative, you got people jump to reactions. You know, like, oh, I'm gonna trade off this guy. You know, Brian Dozier. This is one I'm gonna tout for for us. We said he's a second half player. You know, he typically is a horrible first April. It extended into May, and he's starting to turn it around. And people were dropping him. People were trading him <laughs> for nothing. And it was like eh, sometimes you got to be stubborn. Be smart with your pickups for replacement, but sometimes you got to be stubborn and keep your players for when they turn it around because there's a reason. Aaron is maybe a little bit different situation, even Stroman to that matter, and Corbin actually all of them because they're young and not enough proven track. Know who record. ranks
0: twenty two? The Welsh overall? Yes, overall. No. Francisco Lindor. Oh, no,
1: with all the bombs. With all
0: his right. Ten homers and his twelve swipes, and he's hitting three hundred.
1: We loved he's him, been- but the bomb <laughs> bet. We got the bomb bet, and I'm. It's not looking good for me. What do I but, have? Like five uh, left? Well,
0: you gotta like. You don't want to hope for it because you have him in two leagues. But if he he, he has to. There's no way he doesn't make 16 unless it's an injury.
1: Yeah, 15 is a push. Yeah, he's uh, yeah. he did. he's like the top hard to argue where he is in the shortstop <laughs> ranks, but he's, uh, he's nowhere outside it. of the top 5 for sure. All right,
0: there you go. Yeah, and we love uh, Xander Bogart, and he's a top 10 player.
1: There we go. Yeah, you're like just like like yeah, we got some stuff wrong, but let's talk about, about the things we ask. also got right. There, yeah, so. yeah, sure. Yeah, we have fun with it. All right, there you go. Good questions by you guys. Great conversation. Marcus Stroman f- very much. Uh, <laughs> let's go do some waivers. Buffett. It's baseball. It's football. It's pop culture. It's laughs. It's the ITL Writers Room with Mike Concho, Evan Peterson, Matt Bowie. Why are you not listening? Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen. And check them out, thisleak.com.
0: Waver wire pickups. <laughs> Wavers.
1: Wavers.
0: I think they were a wage in gang.
1: I think he was speaking hitters.
0: Asian. I think it was an Asian
2: gang or something. I saw someone. He looked
0: Asian. Asian hitters, the Welsh. Uh, Ichiro Suzuki. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> Justin Bohr. What is his rank over the last week? Take a crack. 14. 11.
1: Oh, it was damn close. I just threw out a number. It was
0: really close. Yeah. Was with three bombs and nine homers, including a grand slam. Yeah, he is back on to a back. Tear.
1: Yeah, man. He's, He's just building. lighting it up for sure.
0: He's being the most picked up, 28%. Jose Reyes, we talked about, 431%. Uh, AJ Reed, 32%. Yasmani Tomas That's on a, a nice little stretch.
1: Yeah a, couple, yeah, a couple double-digit uh, bombs uh, there.
0: I was talking about how they should send him down, and guess what? He started hitting. Hex it. Another curse.
1: Hex it. Um, this right is a good Nimo, list.
0: It is, it is a good list. Um, I, think, I think I'm taking Boer.
1: Over okay, uh, number one. Well, AJ Reed is one. Yeah, 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 I was about to say, come on, man, AJ Reed's number one.
0: AJ Reed's one. Uh, I just like in my mind it, that goes away. So AJ Reed is one, of yes. course. Uh mm. Bo Reyes, Tomas, because I don't think Nemo's there yet.
1: Is it Nemo? I called them Nemo.
0: Whatever, Nemo, Nemo. Who whatever. gives
1: a sh- green jacket, blue jacket? Who gives a green jacket?
0: Yeah, who gives it? Twitter for my bad pronunciation. It's
1: probably Nemo. It's probably not Nemo, but I saw all the great like Finding Nemo, uh, yeah, meme. So I just I went to Nemo.
0: Right. Okay. Finding uh, Brandon Dory. Yeah. Right.
1: <laughs> I am gonna go read.
0: Read. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And
1: then I'm gonna go Nemo.
0: Nimmo, really? Then,
1: boy, it's potential.
0: Jesus like, Christ! I mean, if I'm
1: desperate for production, Dude, sure. Come poor. on. Yeah, no, no, I'm with you.
0: Let's live a little. Yeah, but you know? I'm, I'm looking have to for take high upside. All the guys that come out, not every guy has gigantic upside. Look, I like Nimmo, but you're really going to take him over some of these proven hitters okay, like Buddy Bork, Tomas? Hey, buddy,
1: my eyes are up here. Don't stop looking at my potential. Um, yeah. I, they're close. You're not going to
0: take the 11th ranked guy over the last week.
1: Yeah, well, it's seven days, man. I mean, you know, there's stupid names that seven are Seven
0: strong days.
1: Yeah, no, I get it. I totally get it. If you are desperate need a first base, if you need that production, you need you that need boost, go to pick player. him up. You need a utility player. I get it. I'm probably going Nemo. I'm a, okay. psych, I'm a psychopath. But then Boar's right there, then Reyes, and then Tomas.
0: Would you take, and this guy's been strong, and we don't want to admit it, would you take Didi Gregorius over these guys?
1: I'm not, I don't I'm not ready to admit that. <laughs> I'm not ready to admit that. I you know God, I don't know if I would take Didi over Jose Reyes. Is that a problem? It
0: could be. Do we have a problem? Uh, we might have a problem. Didi, I'll just look over the last month. Mm. 290. Ooh. 13 homers, two Ooh. bombs. Thirteen eight. over the last thirty days? Th- Thirteen I, I'm sorry. 13 runs, two homers. Oh, like, 13, RBI, 13, runs. homers Jesus. Yeah, 13 runs, two homers, 15 RBI, two swipes, uh, six walks, 11 Ks. 42 total bases. Yeah, I don't know, man.
1: The counting stats aren't that impressive. Two bombs, two stolen bases. The runs and RBIs are not – I mean the RBIs are, I guess, a product of him. I don't know, man. I just don't buy – I don't buy Didi long-term. We're talking about – here's the problem. We're talking about a lot of guys – that are short-term ads, and you're just picking and you're going as you please. I mean, not everybody is an Adam Duvall pickup. I get that. <laughs> so when I'm looking at some of these guys, I'm assuming I'm in a situation where it's like maybe I'm looking for that long-term value. I don't believe guys, Didi Gregorius, Justin Bohr are going to give me this type of production all season where I don't want to miss out on a guy like Nemo who could light it up or Reed that could light it up. Because I, I've already preset in my mind that I don't think these guys are going to be that, and maybe that's my problem. Two, that would be my problem with guys like Adam Duvall. I just don't believe that
0: they were going to be there. Two of those bombs for Didi over the last two weeks. Two of those two bombs. So oh. all of them, and then one swipe, and he's hitting three thirty three over. The I'll
1: last take week. him over Tomas, and I probably take him. I take him over. I probably take him over Reyes. I kind of don't want to, but for argument's sake, I will.
0: Yeah, I mean, just because he's he's a yeah. guy that's doing this. Um, the waiver, the the uh, Asian pitchers, watch, uh, which is funny because Segrist and O are being added because um, Trevor, Trevor Rosenthal
1: Flo- is a is a dirty yeah. piece of crap who we hexed and I was like, oh no no, yo, Trevor know, Rosenthal, he's got the job locked down, he's got a long leash. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't know, I just never liked Rosenthal. It's just it's kind of like watching Matt Manti. That's what he reminds me of. Matt Mantz, I load the bases, strike out three. Load the bases, strike out one, and get a double play. It drives me crazy. You know, Ziegler is a lot like that. For our, He was in the beginning of the year, and he's been good since then. But uh, Segrist and O for your relievers. I think you agree with me. Segrist over O? Yes. Okay. Same Zs. So, so if you need a closer. Yes, same Zs. Trevor, or, sorry. Yordano Ventura, 48%. Jake Beebe, 20%. Hector Santiago, 29%. Tyler Wilson, 7%. Oh, those so, make me
1: shake worse than a dry shot.
0: Let me throw another one in here. Please. It'll make you shake worse. At 56%, mm-hmm. though we usually only do 50s, Trevor Bauer.
1: Trevor Bauer, man.
0: Disgust. It's Trevor it's Bauer. Gross.
1: It's, it's gross. Yeah, I hate myself. It's, it's a shame. It's like uh, looking at yourself in a mirror after masturbating. It's just shameful. But I gotta do it. I get, I don't have to look in the mirror after, but I gotta pick up Trevor Bauer.
0: Weird holes, weird holes.
1: Uh, yeah, hashtag weird holes.
0: Yeah, I'm going with uh, I'm going with Bauer over all these guys. I, I don't think, want
1: any of these other guys. By the way, you
0: don't like I. I don't want PB. I don't want Wilson.
1: Yeah, I mean Santiago. Maybe Ventura.
0: I feel like could come back, and I think Jordano Ventura, who is a giant prick, is he finally but,
1: striking out more than he's walking?
0: He is, well, and he's he looked good. He looked good, and then he had a suspension. So I feel like I would want Jordano Ventura. You know, I think I want Ventura over Bauer, too. I just don't believe in no. Bauer. Uh,
1: of, this list, of this list, I'll take Ventura. Long term, I will uh, hate
0: myself and take Bauer. I mean, you hate yourself with either guy, right? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Which one do you hate worse? Who? Bauer or Ventura. Like, Bauer is Ooh, personally annoying man. to us, and... I mean, it's not like we lost anything great in him, you know. We got Didi, and then we traded Didi for Peter O'Brien. So, I mean, would you rather have O'Brien or Bauer or whatever? Um,
1: yeah, you know, Bauer's like he's like Justin Bieber annoying, you know, just like yeah, you're stupid and all the things you say and why do you do this? But then, like your Donna Ventura is like, you know, like Chris Brown annoying.
0: That was a- <laughs> <Cornbread>!
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, just don't stop getting into pr- trouble.
0: Um. Oh, okay, yeah. Well, the question stands. So who do you want, Chris you Brown
1: or Justin Bieber?
0: Dancing Bear. Would you rather have your of Ventura? Like, who do you hate more, Ventura? Or uh, or the guy that makes rap songs about D-back fans or mm. the guy that doesn't tip strippers and throws at people? You have it's to tough, choose man. one. Who
1: do you choose? Oh, God. I'd probably take Bauer.
2: Shame. 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 <laughs> But here's a little book of how we
1: grew up. Privileged pitcher, professional bitcher, calling out fans, your team, even your catcher. Shame. Trevor Bauer, you suck on something sour? Shame. We'll pucker up, you diamond in the rough. Here's little Trevor's newest song that sounds like. Know what I'm saying? <laughs> Shame. Well, I'm awake and I speak English, so yeah, I do know what you're saying. Shame. It is a shame. Just no respect for the game, the fans, the coaches, even the way you train. <laughs> we gotta make a change. Let's move Bauer to the bullpen.
0: Oh, no! We suck again! Shame.
1: And I'm legitimately not a good rapper. Shame. Didn't change my name to Little Welshie. Shame. I'd say don't quit your day job, Shame. but you might need something to lean on.
0: Death by Angabunga. Uh, Ventura.
1: Oh, it's awful, horrible situation. What, what do we have? Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Let's 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 go talk to Justin Mason.
0: All right, yeah. Friday, dude. There's some decent matchups like Ivaldi at San Diego. I want to say I like that, but Padres a third in runs over the last two weeks. Nah, I love it. Third, love it. So I'm I'm not taking that one. I'm all over it. Uh, Should we I'm, bet on it? I'm not uh, okay. I'll put that up against uh, Martin Perez at Minnesota.
1: Mm. Mm. <laughs> Minnesota. Mm. Um. I'll whatever. I'll take you on the bet. Let's do it. Evaldi, San Diego. You can take Perez versus Minnesota. All
0: right. Five bucks. Whatever. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. Uh. So I like I like Jeff Locke at Oakland. Martin Perez at Minnesota. The rest of these I just don't like. Yeah. You know, like,
1: you know, like Shelby
0: is, Miller versus San Francisco. No, I do not, mm. not even a little bit, yeah not so much I don't, yeah, I don't really like playing Shelby stuff. for his last start in Colorado after that you know ten inning game where every single pitcher was used out of the bullpen for the D-backs. he had to just wear it, and it was in Colorado so i am not I'm not on the hating Shelby Miller again thing, but uh I don't like options. him no. don't like him versus San Francisco, you know, chaucine has been good, but they're playing Boston. Uh, Fires versus the White Sox. White Sox have been scoring.
1: Colon against the Cubs. Nice. All right, what about Saturday?
0: Saturday, I like Duffy at Philly. Paxton versus Baltimore. It is ugly. Ugly, ugly, Mm -hmm.
1: ugly. Mingden versus Pittsburgh. I kind of like it.
0: Not me. No, thanks. I don't like Snell versus Detroit either. No, thank you.
1: Mm, I might play around with Mingden.
0: Phrasing. Phrasing. Boom. Uh, we'll what about Sunday?
1: <laughs> what about Sunday?
0: John Gray at the Dodgers. I like John Gray on the road and uh, Junior Guerra versus a- at St. Louis. St. Louis has not been scoring runs. I know they generally have a good offense and they've been you know good this year and everything, but I'm I like Junior Guerra. I like CC like C.
1: Sabathia I'm, versus the Padres. I'm just not on the Padres no bandwagon.
0: Not a chance. Really? How about how about we double up? How about we go? Well, uh, I'll take I'll take Guerra at St. Louis versus CeCe at San Diego.
1: Uh, who are you taking at St. Louis? Gara at St. Yeah, Louis? Yeah,
0: Gara at St. Louis. Yeah, I'll take it. Okay.
1: Yeah, fun, fun times. Ten
0: bucks. Yeah. All right.
1: There you go, fun times. Gambling. Gambling, love it. Make it legal. <laughs> Come on, Arizona. All right, there you go. There are your waivers and the and pickups that you should have on your Waysian team. Uh, but now, let's go talk to our buddy from uh FanCrafts from Friends of Fantasy Benefits. I uh, got to spend some time with him when I went out to San Francisco. So Guy, I know him dearly. Yeah, totally. Of course we did. Uh, Justin Mason, FWFB, Fan Graphs. Let's do it. Patreon.com slash ITL Army. That's where you do it. That's where you support In this League. That's where you support me and Bogman. And you also get all the awesome stuff like the ITL Dynasty Leagues, giveaways, extra shows, all the stuff. It's all crazy. Check it out. Patreon.com slash ITL Army. All right, week 13. And uh, one of our best buddies, who I got to spend some great time with out in San Francisco. Uh, our dearest friend, Justin Mason from Fangraphs and Friends with Fantasy Benefits has been a little bit. But Justin, what's going on, man?
2: Nothing much. Just enjoying an extremely hot day, which is nothing compared to what you guys deal with in Arizona. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Yes, I know. What are you complaining about? 90 degrees in California? Aww.
2: Yeah, it's currently like 93 degrees at noon in California. So uh, I- I'm not doing well. One on nine yesterday. Yep. God. 123 you guys the other literally week. live in hell. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, pretty much. Arizona. There's so many reasons why it's hell, and it's not just the heat. It's pretty phenomenal. Uh, but uh, how's everything? Up
0: to make it great again over here. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Thank you
1: for that. Uh, Do
0: you
2: think, like, the wall will offer more shade for you guys? That's the only reason I want it.
1: We'd have to live a little bit more south. But, I mean, really, he could sell a wall. He could sell the wall better if it was about shade and not taking people yeah. out. Like I would vote for If he was like, I'm going to put a 20-foot wall out near your house, it would be like, great. That's gonna cool down. We're gonna drop tw- ten
2: degrees. Make, maybe you can make it completely out of solar panels.
1: Let's make weather great again. That's what I'm more That's concerned the, about.
2: Make Phoenix cool again.
1: Yeah. So we had uh, last week. We had on Nando, our good buddy, who helped make Justin, you and I. He helped make us famous in our yeah. our uh, uh, fantasy sports network debut, where we did the Arbar Todd the Barf League video, where uh, Justin was kind enough to be my co-host on that. So how are you doing with your uh, your newfound fame?
2: Uh, it, it's really hard to walk out in public. Yeah, uh, not not so much because like people recognize me, but just fitting through the doorway <laughs> uh, with the giant head mm. I now have uh, it, it is very very difficult. Uh, you know, people throw things at me, and it's not just uh, fruit and vegetables now. So it's uh, it, it's pretty amazing. H- how's the newfound fame for you? I it's mean. Plus- that they're throwing at you yeah, right just left and right
1: totally yeah i mean it, it's been it's been tough i mean ever since then i've uh, I, I knocked my wife up you know so that's going for me and so i got some of that we just talked about yeah and uh, you know obviously money is flowing in and we didn't get nominated for anything and uh, yeah so i mean things are things are going good no it's fine it's nobody even talks about it. i wonder if anybody uh, even watched it but i had a great time getting to actually you know in person be with uh, some of the guys that we work with around the industry. You know, a lot of people don't get to do that. And, you know, Pizza Pier recently was talking about how, like, he's hardly met anybody, but he got to finally, you know, meet Bender when he was out in Tout War and, uh, you know, stuff like that. So it's good to be able to, you know, be around the people that we talk to, our peers in the industry. And, you know, we had a, we had a blast, albeit stressful as hell. And, you know, there were the midgets. And Todd did a, such a great job at – uh at uh down at the rec room and I want to get the hell back out there maybe Bogman will come next time
2: yeah it'd be a lot of fun to have Scott come out I I think next year you know we'll have a little bit of time to organize it a little bit better uh you know we kind of threw it all together last minute but it was a it was a blast and it was great to hang out with you especially uh hang out with guys like Howard Bender and uh Laura Michaels and uh you know all those guys so uh how are you doing in that league by the way
1: um, I think I'm like middle of the pack. Let's take a look. I just looked the other day. I I keep teetering between eighth and sixth, and I just went down to eighth. Um, how are you doing? Am I? Are you? Oh, you're ahead of me. That's teetering mortal.
2: between like second and fifth, uh, and. It, you know, I, I can't keep a starting pitcher healthy. You know, my, my, you know, I kind of punted starting pitching uh, in the draft and uh, ended up with Carlos Carrasco as my my, my ace with Garrett Richards and Strowman. So, like, yeah. between like pitchers getting injured, then I traded Goldschmidt in a deal for E5 uh, and uh, uh, Strasburg. So, of course, Strasburg now goes on the DL. He's so. Looking good for it, a little bit.
1: I did that one where I traded uh, Felix and Anthony Rendon. I got Mookie Betts. So, we've done some, uh,
2: yeah, uh, I love some that trades. deal for you. That's great.
1: Yeah, it worked out. So, uh, yeah, it's good times. Uh how's everything going over at Friends of Fantasy Benefits? Uh, you guys uh the nice new Schvelt look, you know. Lost a little bit of weight there, but you guys are mm-hmm. uh, kicking ass and taking names five damn podcasts uh, a week.
2: Yeah, five podcasts a week. It's it's absolutely uh Crazy the amount of content we're producing, which is something we wanted to do with kind of the new crew that we've brought in. We've you know lost a couple people uh, and brought some new ones in. uh, Doing two DFS podcasts a week, a prospect podcast, and then two kind of regular shows with you know four of us each and usually a guest. So uh, it's been uh, it's been really busy, but we're offering pretty much the most content. Uh, of any podcast even the big boys uh don't produce uh is quite as much as we are because our, our shows are usually an hour to an hour and a half and hey f- you you, man don't be
1: you you're selling us short here no no i'm just playing <laughs> you guys totally are <laughs> and i can't do it we can't we do but and i mean there's a different structure too you guys have a different structure to how the how the shows go. You know, over here you've got Writer's Room and then you've got ours and it kind of, it definitely works to the personalities where you guys have kind of intertwined the shows kind of through the website which you guys redesigned. So you guys, go check it out. com. Make sure you guys are seeing what they've got. I love the Prospect Podcast. We were talking about this off air. Uh, there's definitely a unique touch to it and you guys will be you know, uh, turning soon to get some football coverage. Just, uh, you know, if you like in this league, you like what they're doing over at Friends of Fantasy Benefits. Plus, Justin is a writer over at Fangraphs, which we've obviously had a couple of the the greats, Eno and Paul Spohr, on this season. And uh, you've got you've done plenty of articles. You've had some good controversial ones. You've got a monthly AL outfielders rank. Look, is that's coming shortly. What else you got going?
2: Yeah, I have my monthly AL outfielder tier ranks. Uh, which is uh, something I do every month. I usually do it the last Wednesday of the month. So go and check that out, especially if you're in AL only league. Kind of giving you an idea of like where I rank players rest of the way. And then I do a lot of different you know articles. Uh, some are you know uh, more like you know players you're looking to pick up, or some are player profiles. Uh, and I did like a player profile on Matt Bush that I was uh, that got a, a lot of uh, attention. Uh, around kind of the internet and stuff like that, which was uh, really cool. So, uh, yeah, it, it's it's really amazing to be working at a place like Fangraphs. Uh, I never thought in a million years that they would want to hire a person like me, but, uh, you know, they, they bit the bullet, and uh, so far it's going well. Bogman, you Man, know.
0: me neither. I lost so
2: much money when they hired
0: you. <laughs> I was like, they'll never hire that idiot. What? Uh, oh, my God, I owe so much money out now. W- ah, you do great stuff, and and, you know... They like you because you do that great stuff, Justin. I was
1: about to say, Bachman. you know, you could go out. We could have articles on Bush also, but it would just be completely different Bush than that's being covered over at FanCrafts.
0: It would be different Bush. It would be weird yeah, holes. #weirdholes. Yeah, mean, the weird analytics holes.
2: of the Bush are are not good. So. It would probably get some of the same responses that my my article on Matt Bush got cuz there were definitely some people who who really loved the Bush and really hated the Bush.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm not a fan of the Bush. So, um
1: are we talking about the same bush know. here? You're not a fan but, of the bush.
0: What are you talking about?
1: I'm talking about the bush that you were probably a fan of that you're searching on the internet.
0: I'm not a fan of that bush. You prefer to more clean shaven. Yeah, yeah. I have a large bush, but <laughs> uh, you yeah, know this has
1: gone. I, this has gone down the weird hole. This is if official. If you seen the hair that
0: hole. I have, you would be not surprised at all.
1: All right. So first question I want to get to, we've been uh, hit up from the army and uh, multiple different sources about this as the second half of the season comes, you know, some of the, the casual fans, people that are just in the redrafts, you know, playing fantasy baseball, sometimes just as a medium to get to fantasy football. People are kind of uh, tuning out, but there's large contingencies, maybe not just because of the the hardcore fans that love you know, Friends of Fantasy Benefits or in this league, but people that are looking for Keeper League information, and sometimes Keeper League info can be a little bit of an afterthought. But the question I have seen multiple times, because we're in this window right now, is when is the point where people are going to start packing it in? When do you start selling off? We had a guy in a league that Bogman and I do sell off like week five or six, which was crazy, but they just knew they couldn't compete. So from a strategic standpoint in a Keeper Dynasty League, what is the point that you are going to say, oh, I'm not in this? What's the date that you're looking for? Where are you in the rank? Obvi- like Not like 12th or 11th or something like that, but you know, what's the point in the ranks and the date where you say, I got to pack this in? Let's start with you, Justin.
2: I think it's definitely very league specific. The deeper the league, the earlier you tend to see people sell off. So, you know, if you're in a 20 man league, you're going to start seeing people sell off a tad bit earlier than in your typical 12 man leagues because those are the leagues in which it's easier to fall out of it quicker and harder to get back in it. Uh, you know, I- I'm always of the proponent of I want to wait to the last possible minute, you know, if I can, because I really believe that this is the time of year in which people stop paying attention. And even season guys, you know, are getting ready for football, you know, they're paying attention to the, you know, the NBA draft and things that are going on and they're not putting, you know, their full effort into fantasy baseball like they were when really there was that was all that was going on. So, you know, I, I like to kind of wait. Plus, I think people panic at the deadline. I think it's a good time to kind of snipe people. Uh, and, and then, you know, remember, you know, a couple of years ago when like Paul Goldschmidt was injured and out for the season. If you sell off all your pieces too early, you're going to miss out on some of those kind of deals where you can go and get, you know, a guy who will be, you know, a first or second round pick but is just lost for the year. And a, a competing team has nothing they can do with it. So. Personally, I like to wait as long as I possible possibly can, but always like tell people you're open to trading because you never know if you're gonna get just a sweetheart deal in, you know, in June and it's like, well, I, I gotta pounce now.
1: Well, Bogman, I'm gonna ask Bogman this and then we'll go back to you, Justin. Is there something to be said though? The early bird gets the worm type of thing, where In some leagues that we've done, Bogman, you know, the first person to start putting those players out there is going to get the haul. And by the time the deadlines come, because the obvious point is your league's trade deadline is going to be and should be probably be the most active day for people to make that choice. I'm in it. I'm out of it. Make moves. But the guys that go out there in the beginning, they might have the the pick of the litter. You know, they might be able to get the best deal at that point. I do agree with... The idea that people are going to be a little bit more aggressive and you could po- possibly take advantage of that later on. But sometimes that first run can have the best haul. It's almost like uh, when you, Bogman and I have talked about this in the basketball playoffs, you know, so the moves per week or any sport, you know, sometimes you want the other guy to make those moves so you can counter to them. Bogman, what do you think about that as far as waiting to the last minute or trying to get on top of it before people start losing all their assets?
0: Well, I think the quicker you can decide that you're out of it, the better for your team. Because if you are that early guy to sell, selling early means you're selling to more teams, which means you get more offers. Now, those offers may not be as good as what you'll get at the deadline because, like Justin said, people get desperate. They'll throw in an extra whatever just to get this guy because they think it puts them over the top, however it works. Or, you know... Uh, li- like you said, also, uh, a guy could get hurt and be out for the rest of the year, and you can snap up that guy because he's just sitting on the other guy's DL now. Um, I think you have more owners to sell to early, but you might get the better deal later. So t- to me, like if I'm in standard 5x5, five five, I think when I'm 15 to 20 games out of the last playoff spot, that's when I say, "All right, I'm packing it in." Okay, that's you know, a good answer. I'm, I'm probably done here. If you have more categories, obviously, like in our league, Chris, we have so many categories. Um, then I'm less likely to sell off. If I'm, you know, it takes more games. Yeah, it'd be like twenty-five to thirty games out.
1: Yeah, and, so, and you we remember, remember that one year I sold off, and I actually ended up. Just getting into In the, the last playoff. I got to the last playoff spot the last day because the team thought they had the playoffs run. They didn't start their lineup. I got the last spot and then got to the championship after I had sold off. So that type of stuff happens. Justin, what do you what do you think though? Early bird. Are they gonna get the worm? You know the the Schwarbers and the Pollocks? You probably had the best opportunity to get them early on when teams are like, "I got to pick up those pieces and keep your leagues." Pollock and Shorber might already be traded in the majority of leagues, so do you think you know when you have some star players and even Darvish for that standpoint, you could have potentially jumped on early for a team that wanted early production? Do you think that would have been the better play? I mean you know we're a little bit past that now, but what do you think
2: i I think it depends kind of on league of format. I think what you guys are talking about in terms of a head to head kind of format that makes a little bit more sense. It's a little bit easier to determine whether you're out of it or not, uh, to to jump on the guys early. I still think that teams who are uh, in in keeper leagues and competing tend to want to hold on to those assets for as long as possible. And so, you know, especially if they've got a big lead or they're, uh, or, or they're looking at a playoff spot kind of almost wrapped up in a head to head league. I think they're a lot less reluctant uh, until they're in some sort of trouble. So targeting the guys you know you, you know if your t- if your league m- gets six teams in, you know targeting those guys in the five to eight range uh, in in the standings is a little bit you know better of a shot. I personally, I think people really just start to panic uh, you know as we start getting closer to August. Uh, and people start going, Ooh, am I going to make the playoffs? Ooh, am I going to get that first round by? So, uh, but in a roto league, I think you really want to wait, uh, as opposed to the head to head where I think you can, if you want to pull the trigger, it's, it's a little bit easier, uh, to do early. Yeah.
0: And I think in roto league, selling off your hurt guys is probably harder because people in roto league want constant production all the time. So selling off those Schwarbers and, you know, uh, Pollock's and guys like that is probably more difficult to do. They're
1: probably actually already still out there. That, you just brought up a great point. In head-to-head, you probably have already seen Pollock moved. You've probably seen Schwarber moved. And in a roto, they're probably going to hold on till the deadline, and they're going to have to really have those teams that just kind of know they're out of it. You know, so that's that, that's a, probably a good answer. You know, head-to-head, anything can still happen. I mean, roto, if you're down in that bottom end, have fun. Trying to catch it up, unless you hit fire. Oh, right. But head to head, just lastly to kind of answer it for people, I think when you're in that, even when you're in that last playoff spot, I mean, I'm not one to say, "Hey, you should pack it in," even when you have a playoff spot. But let's say there's eight playoff spots, and you're in that seven to eight range, you should really do an analysis of your team and maybe the top three teams in the league and see how far off, you know, how much lack of production are you getting, you know, from high end players. You know, is it something that you can fix? Sometimes I've talked. I me and Scott talk about this all the time off air, but I kind of see this middling trade where sometimes it's not just sell off, sometimes it's not just buy, but it's sometimes just a change. You know, if you're six or seven, you can make a move that's that maybe inherently kind of looks like a sell-off, but then you're just picking up some different players or you're taking off a player that's been destroyed. You know, Chris let's just use Chris Davis for an example. Chris Davis, great bombs, but he's just destroying your average. You make a move to trade him off you get said players, maybe they're even minor league, and then you go and you pick up a, a Melky Cabrera, and then all of a sudden you got a guy hitting three hundred, and it just changes the formula of your team. Sometimes it's it's worth looking at the top end, the one if you're in one, two, three spot, maybe a little bit less likely to make moves, but when you're in six and seven, I think you should in the back of your brain have both into consideration. Maybe I should look at trade off, and maybe I just need to make a change.
2: I, I think that brings up a really good point, and something I like to say. A lot when I'm talking to people about trades um, because, uh, you know, I'm kind of known as a little bit of a trade rapist in, in some of the leagues I'm in. Um, and I tell people, you know, at the end of the day, the, the goal is to win the league. It's not to win the trade. You know, and especially if we're talking about it in like a roto context, you know, where you need categories, you know, in certain spots. Uh, it's OK sometimes to appear to have lost the trade if it helps you win the league. Uh, and that's something that people in keeper leagues tend to forget. They're always looking for the upside later on. They're always, you know, looking to improve their team. Uh, and they forget, hey, you know, maybe I sacrifice something, you know, for the future right now. And I go and I go get a championship because nobody remembers who was in second place three or four years ago. Everybody remembers who won the league.
0: Second place is the first loser. Exactly. That's right. Right. First I told you. Last. <laughs> How about uh, I wanted to ask you this question, Justin, because. A lot of your comments about Bryce Harper before the season were it, it, some people were either bashing you or they loved it. It seemed like it was very polarizing. It was uh, you're either on the Harper train or you're not. And I want to ask you at this point in the season, how do you feel about your Harper prediction? Like, How do you think that's playing out? Uh, he's Yahoo rank of 11 so far. Do You think. You're right. You're wrong. It's still kind of up in the air. What are you thinking on Harper right now?
2: Well, I I got I got to ask too because I I meant to ask this before the show and before we got on. Uh, You know, I have Yahoo having him ranked as number fifty-six. So it's just the different leagues. Yeah. Okay. So like, if you want OBP format, he he, he's ranked. He's ranked much higher. That's where you get like that that rank. And that was also one of my main tenants. Like. If you're in an OBP league, I'm you know I'm totally fine with you taking Harper in the top three because we knew he was going to walk a lot. You know he had a 19 uh, percent walk rate last year. Uh, you know, but in an average league, you know he, he's you know ESPN has him ranked 60th overall. Yahoo has him ranked 56. Uh, you know, both sites have Trout in the tops. You know, top 10. Goldie OBP he's he at 20. 26.
1: By the way, OBP league uh, a six by six with OBP he is ranked mm-hmm. 26 right now.
2: Okay. And I mean, you know, I, I was looking at it from a five by five uh, with average kind of uh, uh, kind of viewpoint right there. So um, but I mean, as far as kind of, you know, how I feel about my prediction, I I got to feel pretty good, especially considering, uh, you know, how hot he started the season. It looked like in the first, you know, three weeks of the season that this guy was the, the next coming of Ted Williams and I was going to be eating a lot of crow. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, and, and I was. I mean I had people I literally had people who were friends of mine, uh, co-hosts of mine, uh, people I had no idea on Twitter just like tweeting at me every time he hit a home run every, you know uh, every time he had a game winning hit. Um, and you know I, I, I stayed patient and I said, you know this is unsustainable. and that was one of the things that I, I really felt about last year's numbers is you know if we were going to say that what he did last year was legitimate, like that was who he was in the baseline, You had to say he was like the next coming of Ted Williams. Like he was a generational talent. (laughs) And the industry as a whole was ready to buy into that. Uh, And and for me, I I just didn't. I'm not going to bet on someone being a generational talent, and if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, you know? Um, But
1: do you still believe that, though? Do you think he is not going to be a top-three player? Because we were always specifically talking about this year. I think keepers are different. I mean, I don't know. Maybe you always felt you wouldn't take Harper at one or two in a keeper league, but do you even think beyond this year we're just not looking at a top-five player?
2: I, I mean, I think he is... Going to be in the discussion for years to come. I mean, I think he is extremely talented, but I see. I think what you're seeing this year is talent isn't always kind of the end all be all. I mean, he, he is being pitched in a way to avoid, uh, you know, avoid his power stroke, and he's not pulling the ball for power like he did last year. Uh, and one of the tenants, uh, one of the main tenets of my article is that. You know, this guy isn't a natural pull hitter. He doesn't want to pull the ball down the field for home runs all the time. He wants to go to left center. He wants to go to the center of the field and use the entire field. And with that, he's going to lose some of his power. Uh, and, and, you know, it, that that's exactly what's happening right now. He, he's, you know, he's he spraying the ball around the field. Um, and the average has really taken a dip, and that's one of the things. You know, this He was virtually a two seventy two hitter his entire career, and then all of a sudden he hits three thirty last year, and that wasn't sustainable.
0: Yeah, I think, uh, I, to me, Harper kind of seems like a, a young E5. Like He's a guy, when he goes on that hot streak, he'll carry your team, and you'll win because of him, or you'll move up in the roto ranks because of him. But when he's not hitting, he's just kind of not hitting. He's just kind of a middling guy. Uh, Justin Upton, Giancarlo Stanton, and Dozier are some guys that start out the year really, really bad. And it seems to me like they're kind of turning it back up like uh, Chris said as soon as we started talking a bunch of smack about these it's guys. the Hexit we call it the, Justin. The Hexit. They,
1: yeah we, it's the Hexit uh, where we'll Hex a player and then they'll immediately exit our Hex and they become
0: amazing. I don't mm-hmm. think we ever talked too much crap about Brian Dozier but Upton and no. Stanton definitely got slapped on this podcast <laughs> and now they're starting to hit. Who do you think is next on the list of guys that were kind of either not good or middling this season, and they're going to start coming around, and you're going to want to get them as soon as you can.
2: Oh, uh, you know, I've got like a one hitter, one pitcher. Uh, you know, the pitcher is a guy I was super high on coming into the season. Uh, you know, he's been injured uh, a good fair, you know, good share of the season uh, so far. That's Patrick Carlos Carrasco. Right? Oh no, man. no, uh, I, I, actually <laughs> I hated. Oh no, you, you know, I hated Patrick I Corbin. Uh, you know, and uh, somehow that one turned out to be right too, uh, but. Hex. No, Carrasco. He, you know, he's come back from the uh, the injury in the in the DL stint, uh, and his first, you know, first two starts were okay. But man, his last start against the Tigers was just absolutely dominant. And I think this is a guy who is going to get back into the top ten of pitchers, top five of pitchers, uh, rest of the season. I think you you will get the the value that you paid for him uh, going forward. Chris Davis is a guy that I, I I really like. Chris with a C Davis. I, I know he's hit you know still hitting for the power, uh, but I think uh, there there are signs that the average uh, are, are is going to come up uh, quite a bit, and that uh, that the two forty average isn't going to stay as low as it has been. So I really like Chris Davis, especially in that power packed. Uh, Orioles lineup to uh, to really uh, take it up another notch.
1: All right, so our last question here, and then we'll get to the player debates and the no halftime game. I'm gonna do a little slide onto the question because the question is: first off, is who are some guys that are not rostered on fantasy teams right now that can help win championships come the second half of the year? You, this is kind of a spinoff of the most recent article you have over at FanGraphs which people should go check out. But the caveat that I want to add in, because this is a guy I think we would have talked about, and I just just saw this. This is no news when people are listening to this, but today Lucas Giolito is being called up, and he's going to go against Matt Harvey. So there's going to be Harvey <laughs> versus Lucas Giolito coming up and getting the start. Lucas Giolito, a little over 9Ks uh, per 9 on the season, really high walk rate so far this season, not giving up a whole bunch of bombs top prospect, top pitching prospect. Some even view him as the number one overall prospect. Let's start with Giolito. I want to get your thoughts on him. Let's talk about him for a second. And then any other guys that are not being rostered that people should look out to help uh, win their championships on the back end of the season?
2: You know, I I love Giolito as a long-term prospect, as a guy that is going to be a future stud in fantasy uh, for teams. For this year, I I, I don't want any piece of him. You know, if I've rostered him already, uh, I'm looking to sell him as soon as possible because I just don't think he has a ton of innings left in his arm.
1: He's already so, had 71 I mean, so far. He's 71 innings this year. Dusty. The only thing about Dusty though <laughs> is he will drive a pitcher into the ground. So he, we players get dusty. Trey Turner has been dusty now. But if Lucas Giolito comes up and is at all relativ- relatively successful, and Joe Ross or Rourke struggle, Dusty will ride him into Tommy John. So you could get a lot of innings out of him this year if he stays up. I, I just up.
2: don't think you will. I, I mean, he had 117 total innings. This is a guy who has a previous Tommy John uh, surgery. If you look at the history of the Nationals organization and how they handle Tommy John guys, they do it really, really, really slowly. Uh, I, I know that Dusty kind of gets a uh, a bad rap for running pitchers into the ground. But,
0: but he, he also, on the other hand, won't play any young guys. Mm-hmm. So which one is it with uh, with Gialito here? Is it uh, he's a starter? I'm gonna burn him, or he's a young guy? I'm not gonna play him at all. I I, I think either it's, way, it's bad, right?
2: Yeah, and I, I think he ends up in the bullpen is what happens, and I think he becomes uh, you know a seventh, eighth inning guy uh, rest of the season. If, if you're if if you can get full value of what people are perceiving his talent level to be, I, I would get it right now. I, like, I'm not going out and buying him. I'm not going out and wasting a bunch of fab on him because I think this is, you know, he's probably even only up for a couple weeks uh, until Strasburg gets back. And then he's either into the bullpen or back to the minors. And I can't imagine after pitching 117 innings that he goes more than 150 this year. Yeah. So he's, you know.
1: I agree with that. So he's I got
2: think- another, what, he's got another 80 innings.
1: Well, it's still plenty, though. They could do a whole lot. Like, here, listen. I'll hex him right now. I'll do that ITL hex it because I'm going to agree with you. I think the excitement and and there's a, there's a deep strategy to be had with some of these players. Some might see it with AJ Reed, who just got called up. If you can go move him and you can get some major stuff for this season, the same thing could be sought after with Lucas Giolito because there's so many unknowns. But We do have to remember the talent that this guy is, is it, it's hard to be matched. And when we look at the other pitchers that have been called up, we have seen varying degrees of success. Julio Urias been okay. He's also gotten lit. Uh, Tyon almost had a no-hitter back uh, a couple weeks ago with the Mets, and then he got, kind of got lit up. Lucas Giolito comes up, and he lights up the world. I, I do agree that they could look to move him to the bullpen. 80 innings is still manageable. I mean, we're on this almost the first half of the season. He's only put 71 on his arm. They could manage it properly. I don't know if Dusty has the uh, wherewithal to do that. But if he is successful, I do agree with Justin. I would put him out and I would try, I, as the ITL Dynasty League would say, I would try to prison Welsh him. I would try to get <laughs> everything I possibly can, especially if he goes. Man, if he could do like a Scherzer, you know, go he, not the Scherzer went six the first time, but remember struck out eight. If he has a high strikeout game, goes five innings, strikes out nine or something, man, send those offers out because I, I think I think he's right. But again, we probably hexed it. He'll probably throw a hundred innings and he'll win the Rookie of the Year now.
2: <laughs> I, I think too. One of the things to think about is format as well. You know, you guys play in a lot of head-to-head leagues. Uh, where there's playoffs. And if you're expecting him to be around for your playoffs, you're fooling yourself.
1: Playoffs? Playoffs. Mm, yeah. yeah I, I, playoffs. yeah. It, 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 so, there, there's an argument here, Justin, that, that's hard to be had, though. Like, if he stays up, I don't necessarily agree with you. If, if he gets put to the bullpen that speaks for itself or he gets sent back down, yeah, you're right the whole time. I'm leaning with you to say that I don't see the Nationals giving him the runway the entire season to finish out, but I mean, if this were a short call-up and he was sent back down and then he came back up two or three weeks later, he could go through the end of the playoffs. The later he gets called up, he could be a playoff guy and you're going to want to stash him I mean, because that's the balance. When do you stash a player that's not giving you a whole bunch of run but is going to be huge when he's up? And then when do you just take now production? And that comes back to your kind of roto head-to-head format. So I think he could. I wouldn't go out and say that we're getting fooled, but I know what where you're coming from.
2: Yeah, I just think the likelihood of him actually uh, being competing uh, or in, in the rotation at least – uh, when when teams are in fantasy playoffs, it is is so unlikely. I just think he's much more likely to be an eighth inning guy, seventh inning guy at that point, or or shut down. You well, know? Not, this is a the team pirates. that, or
0: go back down, make yeah. a couple starts, and then go back down. Especially if his if his couple starts aren't that great. Yeah, I don't think mm-hmm. they mess
1: with him. You know, Joe Ross came up last year and he put up stats throughout the end of the season i mean he was you know he was a dude i think i think it was later in the year he was brought up closer into july and he was a pretty successful starter when he was there so i mean you know these aren't the pirates or something like that where they're going to go you know or the white Sox where they're going to put a star pitcher and put him in the bullpen but what other guys you you wrote this article i think you had some prospects in there why don't you talk to us about a couple other guys not giolito that might be able to help your fantasy teams that are not on rosters right now
2: You know, one of the guys that is uh, extremely kind of polarizing is Jose Reyes. You know, at the time of me writing the article, he hadn't signed yet uh, with the Mets. He's now with the Mets, uh, one of the teams that I kind of talked about as a a potential location. Uh, And I think people, whether it's for morality reasons, and I totally get that, uh, you know, I don't think he's a very good person. But I'm also trying to win a fantasy league. I I don't really care about whether a person is, is a really great person or not. I mean... I'm, you know, I'm a Barry Bonds lover. So, uh, but I, well, that's you know, all the time we have, for <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, Reyes is a guy that, uh, you know, he still has elite skills. Uh, you know, they're, they're not what they were, but he's a guy who can steal bags. He's a guy who can hit for a little bit of power. Uh, you've got to think that he's going to end up at the top or near the top of the, uh, the Mets, uh, the Mets order. And he he was only at the time of the writing, uh, writing the article, he was only like 21 percent owned in Yahoo. So he was a guy that, you know, I was going up and just grabbing in leagues because, you know, speed is a is a, you know, usable commodity in fantasy, especially in this day and age. And uh, he's a guy that, you know, could steal, you know, 15 bags rest of the way and hit for, you know, five to 10 home runs uh, with a decent average. And, you know, if you're struggling in the middle infield, uh, he's a guy that, you know, might be worth uh, kind of filling a hole for you.
1: You got a, a hole, a weird hole. Do you have like one or two other real quick hitter guys that you think you're looking at?
2: Yeah, I, I don't understand why Rajay Davis isn't more owned. Uh you know, he leads the American League in stolen bases. Uh if you look at like the ESPN player raider, uh he's the number sixth outfielder uh so far this year. Uh I mean he has just had an amazing year and I think a lot of people were expecting Michael Brantley to come back or Clint Fla- Frazier and Bradley Zimmer to come up. Uh, you know, he, he's doing everything he can to, uh, make sure he doesn't lose any playing time and Brantley doesn't look like he's coming back anytime soon. So, uh, he's a guy that, uh, that, that he should be owned in more than, you know, 50, 60% of Yahoo leagues right now. Uh, and just isn't, uh, and, and Daniel Megden, uh, you know, yeah. he was part of the Scott cashmere trade. Uh, in, he's not like an elite guy by any stretch of the imagination. He doesn't have any plus pitches, but he has you know a bunch of solid ones. He's pick, pitching in one of the best parks uh, in the American League, uh, and he pitches for the Oakland A's, who have like no pitchers left. I mean. Uh, at the time of writing there was like two <laughs> open slots in the rotation on roster resource. I mean, he, he's gonna hold down the job and it'd be one of the few commodities that isn't traded. You know, if you're waiting on guys that you have no idea when they're coming, sometimes it's good, especially in the roto format, to to, to bank stats because you you know, if you're playing in deep leagues, you need to bank those stats and these are guys that are, you know, particularly underowned.
1: owned uh, real quick, who do you think is more successful this year? Tyler Glasnow or Lucas Giolito?
2: Uh, Glass now—that's not even close. Uh,
1: Let's—we should have. Let's have a bet. Well, I don't know yeah. what the thing is because Glass still not up. Though he, he could be called up. I think even Thursday. Um, I don't know. I think I think Lucas Giolito might have a bigger footprint on this season than Tyler Glass I mean, I think the talent. Mm-hmm. I like Lucas Giolito talent-wise over Glass well, What's Glassnow. the basis
0: of the bet here? We got to get that down. Is it innings pitched?
1: Um. Yeah. I mean, do you, how, how do you want to do this, Justin? Let's do a bet. Let's have a fun bet.
2: Let's. Uh, why don't we do uh, you know five by five you know category? So I mean, obviously, no one wins saves. Uh, you know, strikeouts, ERA, WHIP. Oh, uh, we'll, let's do innings pictures of the fifth category. That'll be the tiebreaker.
1: Okay, Bogman, you want in on this?
2: No, I'm good. You, you don't want to take I my think side. I those guys get
0: about twenty four innings. You so. don't
1: want. To, you don't want to back your co-host.
0: Nope.
1: What? No, that's I don't, don't really
0: yeah, like Alito man. for. For all of the uh for all the stuff but i also don't uh, you know uh, glass now could not get called up i and that would not shock me either i think that uh, i wouldn't be surprised if these guys have 12 innings total <laughs> so i'm not uh
2: i i don't want to waste my time should
1: we them. have a minimum innings pitched for this bet justin
2: i don't think so i okay. think you know we all know kind of the usual uh you know pitfalls you have with prospects you you know we're taking risks we're, we're projecting i think uh You know, if if for some reason glass now never gets called up, you know, it was a stupid wager for me to make and I deserve to lose.
1: Okay, All right. Well, very exciting. We'll we'll figure out terms later. All right. Uh, (laughs) We got some player debates. No halftime. Let's go do it.
2: ITL player debates. Let's go.
1: All right. Player debates, guys. Uh, This is a good one. Bogman put these ones together and I like them. Uh, First one up. This is a really tough one. I've been staring at this for a while. Uh, Dustin Pedroia, we're looking at second base, versus D.J. LeMahieu. D.J. LeMahieu started uh, pretty slow, but it's definitely picked up. Dustin Pedroia has um, definitely, you know, he, he has defeated the doubters on could he still be a successful fantasy second baseman. So, Justin, we'll start with you. Pedroia, D.J. LeMahieu, rest of season, where do you go?
2: This was a really, really tough one because you got you, you got one guy who— has a little bit more power in Pedroia, and one guy who definitely has more speed in Lemayhu. So, part of me wanted to kind of use like the, the cop out, like, oh, whatever you need, um, you know, if you need speed, go with Lemayhu. If you if you need, <laughs> you know, power, go with Pedroia. Uh, I'm going to go with Pedroia because I think there is a small chance Lemayhu gets moved at some point. He's only got another year on his contract uh, left after this. The Rockies are obviously uh, going to be rebuilding. Uh, And he's a piece that because he has that extra year on his contract could be really attractive to teams that are looking for, uh, you know, a a speedy uh, middle infielder type and don't want to pay, you know, an exorbitant price for someone like uh, Elvis Andrews. So I, I think he could be a, a really sneaky trade deadline guy, and that means you have no idea where he's going, but you know he won't be in Colorado. Pedroya is going to be at the top of the best lineup in baseball in one of the best hitters' parks, no matter what, uh, as long as he's healthy. Uh, so that, that's the only reason I'm kind of leading Pedroia.
1: Bogman, what do you think? DJ LeMahieu, definitely one of your guys in the preseason. Uh, it's a great average on the season. is up at three twenty-seven. So what do you think? LeMahieu or Pedroia?
0: This one's tough because normally I would say the starting edge goes to Pedroia for the lineup, but May, uh, Lemay Hughes has the the ballpark. But just like Justin said, there's a chance that he gets moved. Uh, they both have a weird split. Lemay Hughes is obviously the one that you'd expect from a Colorado player. He gets 117 points better at home. So if he does get moved. That's a downtick for him. Pedroia surprisingly hit 64 points better against righties than lefties when his career is a little bit better against lefties than righties this year. I don't know what's going on there. Uh, they're both hitting second, which I like uh, a lot for both of them. The downside for Lemayhew: the road games, a prolonged slump, and today he's going to get an MRI on his knee. Uh, didn't know that before we started recording this. But uh, the downside for Pedroya, surprisingly, even with LeMahey going for the MRI, is injury potential. I mean, he only played 95 games last year. But I gotta take Pedroia. He's hitting second in the best lineup in all of baseball, and that's a really, really good place to be. So i got I gotta take Pedro.
1: yeah i'm gonna agree with uh, with both of you guys dj' not a huge dj Lemayhew guy, but you know you take him out of cores that's not going to be the best thing you know, and also LeMahieu, you were probably buying on that he was able to steal twenty three bases last year and you were hoping for twenty five more plus you were hoping to get an elite uh, stolen base guy, which really at this point in major league baseball is like twenty plus you get to there you 're getting like elite stuff. And he's not pacing out to be there. You know, he was 23 last year. He's got seven on the season right now. And uh, I don't know if he's going to hit 20. Dustin Pedroia, you guys nailed it. Best lineup in baseball. Love the comeback. He's even getting a couple stolen bases. He's only got a couple less than DJ LeMahieu at that point, and that was his big selling point. Both are hitting over 300. Give me Pedroia. Give me that, uh, give me that Red Sox lineup for show.
0: All right, the next one here, Jay Bruce versus Ryan Braun. We'll start with the Welsh. What are you thinking on, on this one, the Welsh?
1: Uh, Jay Bruce. Why? <laughs> why do you want to talk about Jay Bruce? when well, we gotta give credit. You know, we definitely uh we pooed on him a little bit a decent amount in the preseason and we had uh, our guy, Jesse Severe, who doesn't get enough credit for how smart he is. The ITL Army has got some smart guys out there. Uh, for sure, he was kind of touting to say, Hey, look, you know, Jay Bruce isn't done yet, and this season it's Pretty astonishing. Weren't you and I doing a show, Bogman? And I, you didn't realize Jay Bruce was hitting like two seventy, and you were like, "What? What?" Like, I don't even still realize those he's hitting two seventy. I didn't look
0: at his stats. I just assume it's two twenty five. Yeah, Jay
1: Bruce, totally, totally. But um, at the end of the day, it's hard for me to go against a guy that's been, you know, top forty production guy. Have really hot start. Has kind of tapered down. uh, Ryan Braun, twelve homers, six stolen bases. I still feel like I'm going to get fifteen out of him. I'm going to get twenty plus homers. The average has been more than I would have wished for, which does worry me a little bit though. There might be some you know, some downtick for Braun to kind of level out, but I think Jay Bruce is going to level out. Love the 17 homers, love the counting stats, but I assume he's going to also get moved and I don't know what the situation is going to be for him. Is it going to be in a hitter-friendly ballpark? Where in the lineup? I mean, it's, it is amazing that he has 58 RBIs on a Reds team. There's not a whole lot of guys. Even Joey Votto is not having that type of season, but... I'm going to go with what I know, and that is Ryan Braun. But it is closer than you would imagine. You know, steroids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true.
2: What about you, Justin? You know, th- this one was a really difficult one for me because you know, I-, I think there's a much better shot that that Jay Ryan Bruce... Braun's going to be a giant in a week? Well, yeah. I mean, that, that <laughs> he, he, there, there's, a, there's a very high likelihood that Ryan Braun could be injured. You know, I mean, he's dealt with injure, injuries all season, like just nagging stuff because I own him in a number of leagues— um, and I, but I think there's a better chance that Bruce gets moved because Braun has so much left on his contract. I think there's a chance that Braun does get moved to a team like the Giants uh, who wouldn't mind eating that contract for some production in left field, but for the most part, I, I think uh, Bruce is more likely to get moved, and I don't know what kind of situation he's going to end up in. Cincinnati's a really nice ballpark, so is Milwaukee to hit in, and so you, you'd kind of much rather see them stay even though the teams kind of suck. Just because you know you're going to get some good uh, power production, you know, if if for some reason, you know, Braun or Bruce were to end up in Seattle while the power pack lineup is nice, you know, that the stadium isn't and you never know how a guy is going to react to being moved off of the team they've been on the entire year. I'm going to I'm going to side with Bruce, who was a guy I was super, super high on last season. And, of course, I I looked like an idiot for that. And then he comes out and just, you know, does pretty much exactly what I predicted for last year, uh, this year. The only Um, year early. Yeah, exactly. You know, which is, you know, even more frustrating, I think, than completely missing on a guy. Uh, I I think I'm going to go with Bruce because I feel more confident that I know at the end of the year – He's going to have you know 600 plate appearances which I which I don't feel comfortable uh, saying about braun uh, but I think also it may, may come down to depth of the league the more shallow of the league the more likely I'm I'm willing to kind of bank on uh, braun giving you power and speed because I know there's at least something on the uh, waiver wire market
0: I think for, for me braun should be traded but I'm not sure to who I mean the Giants have been rumored but he's gonna <laughs> What's
1: that? i say the Japan Giants is where you want him to get traded to?
0: <laughs> yeah, that would be really nice. Or so the Mars, uh, you know, no oxygens <laughs> would be awesome too. Um, but uh, uh. his value should go up because he'll be hitting in a better lineup. I know the ballpark and everything, but I like the lineup anywhere, but Milwaukee probably better. And he's hitting three twenty four. Bruce is two points off of his career high batting average from his rookie year. And he's dropping bombs. He's driving in runs. He's fourth in RBI in the league right now. Bruce does have one weird split. 236 average at home versus 320 on the road. But he has more homers at home because, like Justin mentioned, the ballpark in Cincinnati is really good for bombs. I got to go with Bruce. Uh, He's hit best so far in June, and Braun has his worst uh, average so far in June. I think they're kind of going different directions, and I'm really afraid of the DL stint from Braun. So I'm going to go with Jay Bruce. I think even if he gets moved. 320 on the road is still solid, and his power plays anywhere. I mean, the dude can hit the ball out of any ballpark; doesn't really matter.
1: And the fun, so the fun I gotta thi-
2: go. I gotta go with
1: Bruce. The fun thing about this one too is if you do look at it and you look how close they are, you could move. You could move Braun and get Bruce plus stuff, and I like that. Right. That that would be a point where if you were asking me in, in that retrospect, I would go with Bruce because if I can get Bruce plus. For Braun, I like it. Where, you know, if I were trading Bruce, I'm going to have to give more to get Braun just off of namesake. All right, last one. Two surprisingly great pitchers this season. I'm still just blown away by the second one. But we've got Julio Tehran in Atlanta, who is showing the form that we thought he was. And then Drew Pomerantz, former top prospect, just. In, the, over 100 strikeouts this year. It still baffles me that it's you know it's going and it's it's pretty whole. It's holding pretty well. But Bogman, why don't you start here? Tayron Pomeranz, then I'll jump in, and then we'll end with Justin.
0: Well, I think uh, the thing for me here is you got to just see where because pitching is so finicky. You got to see where these guys are now. And for Tayron, the first month of the season his ERA is four point six, and he gave up 15 runs. In May and June, he's given up 14 runs combined. And his ERA from May was one three eight, and in June it's one nine one. Pomerantz, it's not like he's doing bad, but he has gotten a little worse as the season goes on. 3.3 uh, ERA in June. That's his worst so far. I'm going to take Tehran. I'm going to ride the hot hand. And uh, i you, kn- you guys know I love my hot guys. You love so, the hot guys, for love sure. Love the hot guys. Give me Tehran.
1: I'm going to agree. I'm, I'm really shocked with how well Pomerantz is playing this year, but more shocking than anything after you look at that really sexy K per nine is he's walking pretty much four per nine. And that's very, very concerning. Both of these guys have an XFIP that's pretty large off of their ERA, which you know we're just waiting for regression. They're holding guys on base right now, which may not be the norm for them. So at the end of the day, I feel much better about uh, Tehran than I do Pomeranz. And the secondary part is even though the Braves are playing hardball, I could very well see Tehran being moved to a team like Boston. If Boston is willing to give up, I know it's blasphemy for a Red Sox fan, but if they're willing to give up, let's say, an Andrew Benintendi. To get Julio Tehran to be in that rotation. Can you imagine Julio Tehran with Boston in those runs? Like maybe the division isn't great for him, but I would really like that situation. So for that alone, that is going to make me side with Julio Tehran. Justin, what do you think? Tehran, Pomeranz, rest of the season.
2: Yeah, I'm going with Tehran. uh I'll- you know, and I love Palmmarants. he's a guy that I, I liked for a long time when he was with Cleveland and then of course uh ended up in uh in the Colorado organization, which is kind of just killer for uh, uh any sort of pitching prospects uh, My biggest uh issue though with him uh you know aside from like you said some of the underlying statistics you know kind of showing a little bit of regression coming uh is the fact that he only threw eighty eight total innings last year, and that's already what he has. Uh, and this is a guy who has a previous Tommy John surgery, uh, if I'm uh, remembering correctly. Uh, and so I, I gotta, I gotta think that a, a team like San Diego at some point says, you know, they're they're not going to compete this year. This is a you know a piece of their future, uh, at least for the next couple of years. Why not shut him down and you know not load him up with a bunch of uh, innings when he really is not pitched uh, extensive innings. In the last few years, so I, I think there's a good chance that Pomerans get shut down or get skipped uh, you know a number of times uh while Tehran is going to be still pitching uh you know i, I don't think Atlanta is going to trade Tehran you know I think it would take just a sweetheart deal that Boston has shown a reluctance to do for some of their top prospects uh, here uh, as of late so I, I don't think they're going to get a Ben attendee or an Andrew, uh, an Espinosa or someone like that so I think I think, uh, I think Atlanta keeps Tehran, uh, which is the better uh, possible outcome, uh, especially in the big ballpark in the National League.
1: Well, we all like Julio Tehran. We can all agree on that, at least. All right, let's finish it off. We got No Halftime, the game. It's the battle. The No Halftime Battle, brought to you by No Halftime. Player-on-player challenges with the swipe of a finger. Download iOS or Android. Use promo code ITL for $10 free bonus. All right, No Halftime, the game brought to you by NoHalftime.com. Download the app for your Apple or Android device at NoHalftime.com. You guys know how it goes. We have a pitcher. We have a hitter. We're going to use for the Wednesday slate. Bogman, why don't you recap us what happened last week, and then we'll get into this one.
0: Well, Cole Hamels almost outscored myself, Nando, and Stevie. So Who who had Cole Hamels? The week again. Oh, Twenty one points. Only one point from Chris Bryant. Uh, Shoemaker, seven and a half points for me. Mengden, six and a half for Nando, four for Arietta. Did not have a good start. Uh, So the Welsh with 22. I got ten and a half. Nando, eight and a half. And Stevie with five. That puts the standings. The Welsh takes the lead back. Uh, You know, pretty high out there over the guest. 15.5 Fifteen and a half points above him at two seventy-five to two sixty. I'm at two thirty-three, and the listeners are at one fifty-seven. Still needing a big week. I mean, so. it's got
1: to be big every single week from here on out for the listeners. And Colin is going to be playing Hibs. You can no find, pressure, Colin. No big deal, but he really going to have to put up some big numbers. And you know, Bogman for you and uh, Justin for the guests. There's, I mean, it can change in one single week. We're that close, right? Bogman, two weeks you could have a twenty-point lead on everybody if it works out. But let's do this. We got uh, pitch and a hitter for the Wednesday slate of games. Bogman, why don't you start us off?
0: I'm going to go with Danny Salazar this week. Uh, I wanted Max Scherzer a little bit, but I figured you were going to take him, so I went with Danny Salazar against the Braves.
1: Well, how smart are you? Because I went with Max Scherzer against the Mets. That's absolutely what I was going to do. Got to maintain my lead. I like Danny Salazar because that was actually the second one I was going to go with. But, you know, when you look at it, there's... There's a lot of really good options, Colin. A lot of good ones, yeah. yeah, there really is, and there's a lot of sneaky ones. But Colin went with David Price uh, for Boston, so it's an obvious one. We got some big names here. So Justin, why don't you school us if you've got one of the same pitchers as us or a different one? Who's your Wednesday pitcher?
2: Well, crap! I was going to go with uh, David Price uh, pitching in Tampa Bay, so uh, yeah, I'm going to switch it up a little bit uh, and. I think I will go with. Oh, I'll go with Carlos Martinez uh, pitching against uh, Kansas City in a National <laughs> League park.
1: Yeah, why did I not go Carmart? I didn't <laughs> even see it. What's wrong with me? It's my boy. Why well, don't
2: right. you take Carlos
0: Martinez and I'll have Scherzer.
1: I'm good. It's I got you. <laughs> I got And yours. then I'll
2: take Salazar <laughs> I,
0: I,
1: against the Mets. We can all
0: trade. We're Ag- all trading pitchers. Ma-
1: Max against the Mets? No, I'm good. I'm good, guys. I'm gonna stick yeah, with that one.
2: Yeah, you're probably good.
1: All right, uh, hitters. Why don't uh, Justin? Why don't we start with you? Who's gonna be your hitter for the Wednesday slate,
2: yeah. If Josh Donaldson is facing a lefty, and then you're actually getting uh, him in Colorado, uh, I'm I'm taking Donaldson every day of the week.
1: God, he might hit seven home runs in that game.
2: Yeah,
0: (laughs) Bogman, what Uh, about you? I'm I'm gonna go with Giancarlo Stanton. I just he's turning it around. I'm hoping for one of those two bomb games. You know, a thousand feet of total home runs. One of those things. Yeah,
1: or be a thousand uh, breezes of air that he swings as he strikes out. Yeah, we don't know.
0: It Could be over four four strikeouts, but I'm hoping for the power.
1: Exactly, Colin. For the listeners, he's going to go with Matt Carpenter, who's been swinging a hot bat. Just dropped a couple bombs, I think, on Sunday. And I am going to use my love, uh, also Justin's love. We both share love for this player. I'm going to go with George Springer. For the Wednesday mm. slate, yeah, I know it's so sexy. <laughs> Max Scherzer and George that was Springer. Creepy. Yeah, well, we both love them. You, you, but Justin always says a really creepy line about Springer. Isn't it something about bathwater or something?
2: Oh yeah, no. <laughs> well, when we were when he, before he came up and he, he was a rookie, uh, and uh, I was I was explaining just how much I love George Springer, and like I said I, I would drink his bathwater, uh, and mm-hmm. I mean that's how much I love the guy. So it's been a, become a running joke over Friends of Fantasy Benefits.
1: Yeah, it's a gross one, but it's a it's an appropriate one because George Springer <laughs> is amazing, and uh, he is Justin Mason on Twitter at Justin Mason FWFB. You can find all the great stuff over at fangrafts and Friends of Fantasy dot com with our. Uh, buddy Mike and the whole crew every you guys are doing great stuff and I'm really happy with all the changes that you guys have made in the pods and it's just, it's just good stuff you you always are doing great things and it's a little bit sad where it's you know we're seeing you guys do good stuff uh, in this league we're kind of ramping up and we are going to be spending a little bit of time today because we're recording this before we go on with our good buddy Chris McBride we talked about it a little bit earlier but the three of us are going to be joined uh, with McBride as he says goodbye and you know Chris was kind of uh uh you know, a, a catalyst to both of our podcasts to do great things. And we've gone on and done multiple sports, but uh, it'll be, it'll be fun to, to share that with you, Justin, as we say goodbye to really one of the greats that, you know, the, the people that don't podcast don't realize how great Chris is.
2: Yeah. I, I'm, I was really surprised and, uh, and sad when I heard the news that he would be leaving uh dear Mr. Fantasy, uh, you know, but uh, you know, that happens uh, sometimes, we, we realize it's time for us to move on and we, we go and do different things. Uh, and, you know, we all wish him, you know, the best. Because, I mean, like you said, Chris McBrien is not only a fantastic fantasy baseball guy. He's just a fantastic person. And he has uh, gone above and beyond uh, for me and Friends of Fantasy Benefits, uh, you know, behind the scenes, always willing to come on, always willing to bring us on. So, uh, you know, and he's just, you know, one of those guys that, you know, is – you know, we'll always kind of offer a year to listen to you, even if it's, you know, not something fantasy baseball related. So yeah. uh, it, it's sad to see him go. But uh, uh, also, you know, it's uh, it'll be a fun episode to kind of say goodbye.
1: Exactly. Well, and everybody, you know, he's better man than all of us, I would say. Definitely from, you know, <laughs> the taking care of all of well, us. Well, and that,
2: that's a really low bar. I mean, just, sure. you know, so.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's a bar that you just could that's step that's over. over yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Bogman. you <laughs> could step over that bar, but, you know, he's just a little bit above there. All right, well, Justin, we love you. I appreciate you taking the time. Love everything that's going on and make sure people are subscribing because remember, Friends of Fantasy Benefits had to change their um, their whole iTunes subscription so old listeners aren't finding it. So if you want to make sure you're locked in, go subscribe on the new feed over at iTunes and all that stuff and uh I'll, and we'll be talking to you soon Justin but as far as listeners go we'll uh, we'll get you back on shortly here
2: great thank you for having me on guys
1: all right there you go Justin Mason fan and all the other stuff friends of fantasy benefits and just like one of our buddies like we've been working with Justin for a while so he's uh, he's one of our fantasy buddies just like as we say goodbye to Chris and uh, I just want to point this out this is a funny thing Scott and I had been talking about and we just did this uh, debate about DJ LeMahieu. things can be worse as we say <laughs> goodbye to the longest hit streak on beat the streak from a guy in Prescott who's not only dealing with the heat out here in Arizona not only dealing with the heat had the the record
0: so it's not as bad
1: okay 120 is 110 great Uh,
0: no prescott is up north dude it's like it's probably like 90 there no it it,
1: gets i've been to prescott i used to go all the time it gets like 105 it's gross oh yeah it totally does i mean it's up north so it's but not only dealing with the heat i don't think he's going to take dj LeMahieu in any player debates because dj (laughs) LeMahieu lost him his beat the streak at 40 Nine, which tied the record of most ever
0: most ever for beat the streak uh 49 was the hive uh he had tied it they were talking all about it on uh the diamondbacks broadcast because if you don't know prescott's in arizona it's in northern arizona i guess not northern arizona north of phoenix arizona but uh now the highest current is 33
1: <laughs> uh, mine was 32 remember remember f- matt holiday because he screwed up when i got 230 which uh, mlb then sent me like hey for 30 games you can have a free month of MLB mlb.tv it's and i was a like lollipop. oh Thanks. That's great. That's all I get for 30. Oh, man. 30, it's a crushing yeah, feeling. Way
0: to the million dollars, and that's all I get. It's oh. a crushing
1: feeling. Like Bachman's kind of got up there. When you get into the teens, you're still kind of like, okay, whatever. You get to the 20s, and you're like, okay. You get to like 28, 29. And when I get to 30, it was intense. Like, I was hours of research, and I was like, okay, you know, Matt Holiday, really good against this guy. Da, da. Had five at bats, 0 for five, lost a streak. This guy must be sick to his damn stomach
0: (laughs) well i think if you're the longest you still get like 500 grand at the end of the year so or 100 grand or something there's some big prize for having the longest uh of the year so he still you know uh, unless somebody beats 49 which is doubtful He's still going to get
1: something. So I need like to. Something. I need to get back into it. I haven't been doing it this season. So be on the lookout. We want to thank Justin and all the great stuff here. And obviously check out you know uh, the Dear Mr. Fantasy podcast that we're on. Be on the lookout for Giolito. Let's see what the results are. We'll talk about it after the fact. Hopefully he doesn't get sent right back down. And then Glasnow gets called up, and he and I immediately lose the bet. Another note to tell you: we didn't get to talk about this, but Trey Turner is playing center field in AAA. So the Nationals, Interesting. are yeah, what does that mean for Ben Revere? What does that mean for, you know, they're trying to get him as that that coveted super utility. Every team wants him right now. It's very trendy. So be on the lookout for that as Nationals make some moves and go to inthisleague.com. You can check out all the articles. All the other podcasts that we do—you got the writers' room, you got the football podcast—we got you covered pretty much everywhere with all sports. And hopefully, you guys uh, take some time out and uh, you know check out what we do. Obviously, Bogman and the Welsh with the ITL Army and all the exciting stuff as care packages are coming in and the ITL brews. I'm so excited! The ITL Army is the funnest place on the planet, and uh, there are perks left and right. So check it out. Uh, got some good shows for you next week. Don't lock yourself out of fantasy baseball just yet because we got a lot more coming. Uh, I am the Welsh on Twitter at Is It The Welsh. That is Scott Bogman on Twitter at Bogman Sports. Bye, Aisha. See ya. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all